Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? I believe in the sand beneath my toes. The beach gives a feeling and nothing feeling. I believe in the faith that grows. Why is it that allegedly wise adult human beings, CEOs, some of them, United States senators, some of them, a whole bunch of folks, want to ignore science and want to ignore mathematics and want to ignore physics and somehow cannot bring themselves to do what we need to do. This group is as smart as any group and you're, you know what's motivating and bring you here. But damn it all, we have to find a way to get really serious. You're a very, very silly person. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary. We select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, <laughs> are able to sit in a room and come together and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. I doubt it. You are fake news. Oh, good for you. Very fake. Congratulations, butthead. That's a big game, man. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Little did you know, before live, I made a secret recording of Blonde and me. <gasps> negotiating our business arrangements and i will exclusively release that by talk boy later in the show so get ready if you think blonde is foul-mouthed on air <laughs> well just wait till she says the ws word in private that's right she said yeah, wage right. slave I and did. i will reveal it you'll see our working relationship is over i hope you enjoyed your time of course i'm uh Poking a little fun at the Crowder versus Daily Wire Battle of the Titans that consumed this week. A lot has happened since we discussed it a little bit with limited information on Wednesday. We will go through all of it with enough effort at fairness to make Blonde sufficiently wince. And we will sort out exactly who is the most principled in the collection of millions of your dollars. We'll get to the bottom of it. Plus... That's the spirit. That's what I'm looking for. There was a, a mass shooting overnight at a Lunar New Year event in L.A. Initially, it was speculated to be a possible hate crime. Now appears it was uh, Asian gunmen shooting other Asians. But uh, no. <laughs> we'll get the details in a minute here. Why am I laughing? Yeah, I was going to say, what the hell's funny about that? I don't know, because they were like, maybe this is a hate crime. And then that still frame of the guy came out and he was like, 
like he looks clearly, very old. He looks weird. Yeah, he's like clearly an old Asian man. Yeah. Uh, reporters are recycling the mostly peaceful line to characterize fiery rioting in Atlanta over the weekend. Uh, Blonde interviewed Dr. Peter McCullough about COVID and vaccine tyranny earlier in the week. We'll play back a selection of that interview for you later in the show. And before we get out of here, we have hoax hate. And tonight's movie review is the Grand Budapest Hotel. So stick around. I can't wait to discuss it. I don't want to reveal my take, but my broad prediction is this is either a love or a hate. I don't see medium ratings, but maybe that's I I guess what I'm saying is I'm eager to see what you thought because I have thoughts and I want them validated. You always have thoughts. They won't be. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Of course, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple favorite couple hours rather of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristiansonmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western Razor Company. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. The high noon safety razor from Western Razor is made in America with all metal, no plastic, long lasting construction and uses widely available double edged razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s. Until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method for a better shave at a lower long-term cost. And Western Razor has launched new products for 2023. You can now buy U.S.-made blades straight from Western Razor. There's a fine leather razor cover, uh, cover for protected travel and storage. And now the high noon razor is available in exotic limited edition plating options, including gold, rose gold, and dark ruthenium, which I still didn't look up how to pronounce, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Ruthenium. Exotic. Shave better and less expensively and support American manufacturing. Uh, When you pick up a Western razor, get 10% off your entire order using promo code MATT10. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from Western razor. You can find everything you need from Western razor and other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristiansonmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. A couple notes to start the show. Um, you may notice if you're a viewer on YouTube and you care about navigating the show easily for the... for Gosh, has it been almost two years, I think, now? Anyway, through the generous efforts of listener Jennifer... We have timestamps posted each Monday so you can find the relevant section of the show that you're looking for. Forever, Susan did not allow me to take advantage of the feature where you can put the timestamps in the description and then it auto-populates into the navigation bar so you can skip But now we can do that? For whatever reason, I put timestamps in the description of my uh, January 6th vigil video and I noticed all of a sudden they populated like magic. I was on the bad person list before, but now it works because you... Part of the conditions where you couldn't have strikes and you had to be on Susan's good list for that to function. They weren't really clear, just like most YouTube policies. But then I discovered it worked and then I tried it on the stream and it also works on the stream. So nice. you don't have to look for a pinned comment anymore if you are uh, 
listening to the show or watching the show on YouTube, you'll get that navigation bar on Monday mornings so you can skip straight to the part of the show that you want. And if you're not on YouTube, if you're on Rumble, Odyssey, wherever else you might find the video show, I am going to start posting those timestamps in the descriptions there because Rumble has also reformed how it presents itself. So it's got a nice clean presentation. You can hide it. It's not as noisy as it used to be. Okay. So timestamps upgraded. And again, thanks to uh, listener Jennifer for her contribution each and every week in that effort. Thank you, Jennifer. You're fired. (laughs) Uh, Next Sunday's show, that would be January 29th, could be a little bit of a mess. I have a wedding to attend on a very tight timeline. And if there's no airline nonsense, the show is going to be just fine. If there's any airline nonsense, it's possible the show is postponed. It's possible the show is shortened. I will post any necessary updates on the website. Of course, mattchristensenmedia.com. And on my Twitter page, that's at ML Christensen. If it's not deemed sensitive material or whatever else on my account. Uh, As of now, I don't expect any interruption to the show, but I know that if I get some delay, like they've been doing a lot of lately, um, we might be in a little bit of a spot. So uh, I will keep everybody informed. Stand by. And uh, I also have a listener art contribution. Um, Maybe listener art is the wrong word. We commonly feature listener art on this show. And uh, I'm not sure this is strictly listener art, but it's something similar. So, I'm going to make it artsy. Uh, chat GPT is an online AI chatbot launched in November. You can ask questions to this chatbot and it will do its best to respond. And actually it responds in quite detailed fashion. So listener John asked chat GPT about this show and it gave a, a detailed answer about how we're an alt-right hate show. And I thought, Hey, that's pretty good. That's close to a hit piece. Even if a robot made it, but then John followed up. And he said, well, describe the show as though it was Dr. Seuss doing the description. So here we are. This is the show as described by an by AI chatbot poetry. Three, two, one. <clears throat> Once in a land not so far away lived folks with views that some folks say were not so nice and full of hate they'd gather round and pontificate (laughs) on politics and current trends with ideas that could make your skin crawl and your head spin they spoke of things that made some folks mad and others felt it was not so bad but (laughs) One thing was true. They were not polite. And their views were not always right. So if you hear of them in their podcast show, Beauty and the Beta, just say, no, thank you. And let it go. (laughs) Thank you. Snaps, everyone, please. Snaps in the chat. I accept them graciously. That's great. Uh, Not bad for a robot. That's why I decided to feature it. I, I could be persuaded that a person wrote this. That makes it's kind so, of worrying, right? Well, when the robots take over, I hope they'll let me perform cafe entertainment for them. I beg for their mercy. I promise you. Have you seen I can all this of, AI art coming out? That too. I can be of use to you artsy robots. I promise. Spare me. <laughs> anyway, I'd, I'll be begging to die on a principled sword and they still won't <laughs> kill me. No, we're not giving you a hit piece either. This is my fate. I understand it. 
Well, uh, news that uh, it, at this point, it's just broken record news. Not that it's insignificant. It's very significant. I just how much can I talk about this? It's another week. It's another pile of newly uncovered classified material at Biden's place. FBI agents visited Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home for a consensual search. There's probably some joke there about this is the first time Biden has been consensual with anything, something like that. But I couldn't think of it ahead of time. Anyway, consensual search for 13 hours on Friday. Six items were taken, specifically some of which were from Biden's tenure in the Senate and some of which were from his tenure as vice president. Agents also took some handwritten notes Biden wrote when he was vice president. So how many more are out there? Who knows? On Tuesday, Corrine Jean-Pierre uh, was asked if it's safe to assume that um, that all the classified documents have been turned over and she dodged the question, which is ironically a pretty decent answer for her. And especially considering the, the latest round of classified documents that were uh, that were discovered uh, and disclosed over the weekend. And now it's reported that uh, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain is stepping down. It's expected he'll leave his role within the next few weeks. Reportedly, Klain mm. was planning on uh, was planning this decision since November, and it is not directly related to the classified document scandal. But some might say the classified document scandal has been planned since about that time, too. So you be the judge. I'm not saying there are dots to connect, but maybe you want to connect them. I don't know. So the mystery continues that we discussed last week, and I won't repeat it here. Uh, what exactly is going on here? I think we're watching more than meets the eye. But of note, the one thing I forgot to include in last week's considerations of that topic, of course, Biden is now, look at the clock, officially past the two-year mark of his presidency, meaning, at least conventional wisdom is, and I don't know if this has ever happened in history, but the idea is that if he was replaced... Kamala or whoever steps in, he steps down because of the scandal he's replaced, that that new president would have a asterisk term, a doesn't count term, and would therefore be constitutionally eligible for two more terms after this last two year piece of Biden's term. Is that a decade of presidency? Yeah, maybe we're maybe they're getting ready for something like that. I thought they were going to go with the health episode that Biden would uh, you know, suffer a heart attack on stage and that would be the end of him or something. Maybe you were right in last week's discussion there. Maybe they're finding some seemingly graceful way to get him out of the way. I don't know. This is kind of a nothing thing. All presidents do this. Well, it's hard to say without knowing the content of the of the documents, but I'm sure that to some extent it's basically true that they all do. Yeah. Uh, don't they just classify everything? I that's the argument that they're going with uh, to defend Biden now. Well, it's, it's a problem of overclassification. That's the thing. It wasn't a problem of overclassification for Trump, but well, now it's Trump, a problem right? of yeah. overclass. It was a problem of overclassification back when Biden was in the Senate and when he was vice president. Then they cleaned it up and now it's not anymore once Trump got in. And that's how we separate these things, I guess. Anyway, uh, we discussed that at length last week, so I won't repeat that. But uh, we mentioned the shooting over the weekend outside of L.A., at a Lunar New Year celebration, originally speculated to be a possible hate crime, but that does not look like it is the case. No, uh, I checked like 40 minutes ago, so I hope this guy's name hasn't been released in the interim. But his photo was released this afternoon. Um, so 10 people killed, 10 others wounded in this mass shooting at a dance studio in Monterey Park. And I guess he went and tried to shoot up another dance studio 20 minutes after this, but the gun was wrestled away 
from him by um, by people at that studio. So there were no fatalities in the second shooting. Um, they did get a description of the vehicle he was in. It was in a white van and they just have revealed that he shot himself when he was being approached by police. So it's an oh, he, Asian guy. I, I thought he was still like at large. He's dead. He's dead. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but I only read that in one source and it was right before the show. So I hope that's okay. not, uh, incorrect. 30 to 50 year old Asian man, 5'10", 150 pounds, black leather jacket, beanie glasses. I saw a picture of him. Um, but I don't know his name. No, yeah, the, this Fox News story still refers to him as the suspected Monterey Park mass shooter. I could refresh and see if there's a name here. But I don't see one. CNN authorities have yet to reveal a possible motive for the shooting. And this is in the article where they say that he got killed, including whether it was possible that it was a hate crime or a domestic violence incident. I don't think an Asian kills a bunch of other Asians in a hate crime. Unless they're all his family or some uh, domestic violence. So he, they are implying that he had, he knew the victims or was targeting the victims for some family or personal reason. I don't know because sometimes people have some sort of domestic violence incident and they just go on a shooting rampage, but he did shoot up Mm. two dance studios. Yeah. Never forget domestic violence is what instigated the Waukesha car attack. That was just uh, escalated domestic violence. That's all that was. So it's just being released now that um, the suspect was Tim Pool. Oh, so it wasn't Sam Hyde this time. No. Well, definitely Tim Pool. Although it says 510. So maybe not. Maybe not Tim Pool. Anyway. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Atlanta rioting. And uh, I'll I'll start with the background to what's going on there. The reason why the riots are happening. Uh, It's in response to a police shooting earlier in the week. Atlanta police or the city of Atlanta they're building a new police training center in a forested area south of the city. Mm-hmm. Anti-police protesters have been occupying that area in opposition to the construction of this facility. They call themselves the, quote, forest defenders. They set up roadblocks and reportedly attacked police with rocks and at least one Molotov cocktail. While police were attempting to clear the forest defenders, One of the forest defenders pulled a gun and shot a state trooper, wounding him. Police returned fire and killed that man, that forest defender. And so the forest defenders claim the man was murdered. The man was 28-year-old Manuel Terran, known by the nickname Tortuguita. Hopefully I do better than the reporter we're about to see in a minute. Tortuguita. What's that Spanish for a, a, a small turtle or something? A cute little turtle? Anyway, supposedly Tortuguita, uh, pictured here, was non-binary. The uh, the statement that the forest defenders uh, released to describe him, they they refer to him with they them pronouns. Oh. So part of the the statement reads in part: They spent their time between Atlanta defending the forest from destruction. Blah blah blah. We don't know what happened yesterday, but we know that the police killed them while they. We're defending the forest. So ridiculous. It makes every shooting funny. If they want to keep doing this, this weird gender thing. Fine. I didn't know there were non funny ones from the blind <laughs> perspective. I thought they were all hilarious in their Some own. Shootings are way. sad. <laughs> and so then, so then they take to the streets of Atlanta and they start rioting. What are the facts of uh, what they did? Criminal. Yeah, they were, they were doing their standard stuff. No justice, no peace, no killer police, stop cop city. Um, and then they were saying like free the activist and drop the charges because seven people were arrested and charged with domestic terrorism. 
after this uh, law enforcement thing on Wednesday. Serious charges. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, And then the protests, of course, turned violent, not a peaceful protest. Um, They lit a police car on fire. A bunch of businesses were broken into. um, I think Deloitte was broken into. And then the Atlanta Police Foundation had its doors smashed in. So the Atlanta Police Department has arrested a bunch of people. They say that um, order has been restored. And they didn't give us any names. They said it's an ongoing investigation, but it looked like they fucked some stuff up in Atlanta. It's been a it while does. since they burned a city down for no reason. Yeah, I guess they love Biden that much. He really quells their yeah. angst. Well, despite the attempted murder of a police officer and despite the very visible car fire and the other destruction, we've seen the resurrection of the characterization mostly peaceful, the 2020 relic or at least phrasing very similar, both CNN and local Fox uh, on both of those channels, reporters characterized the event as nonviolent and peaceful in nature. You know, you keep using these words, violent, 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 violent. Um, and it, it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. That vehicle still uh, up in flames here over at the at Andrew Young and Peachtree. And if you take a look over here, if you pan over, I want to show you. This is what they were handing out at that protest. So it was a largely peaceful protest where they just wanted what they're calling justice uh, for to to uh, for to 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 So sorry. Tortuguita. Come on, you got to get better. It's with also your the name then. of a Mexican candy. So. Oh, is it? I guess I'll have to try it. Uh, ABC ABC posted a uh, well they made a tweet and they posted a video of the car on fire and they said oh man a peaceful protest over a proposed police training ground turned violent it was peaceful until it wasn't anymore and you love the framing well the only violent violence against people that I saw was this and that well you're you're just overlooking all of the property damage and we're going to classify that as non-violent okay uh, we're also just going to overlook the fact that the guy shot a cop. Yeah, yeah. He pulled a gun. He shot a cop. Maybe the protest of him getting shot in response could be peaceful, but it clearly was not to the extent that it was highly destructive. <sighs> anyway, so um, tiresome. Did, did you have well, if this doesn't surprise you, I don't know what else will. Do you have a reaction to Alec Baldwin actually getting charged? I am surprised. Well, I think the most surprising thing is that people are still defending him after this. But um, I thought for sure that nothing was going to come of this. Are you surprised? I am very I am very surprised they brought the charges. It doesn't mean that I expect there to be like a prison sentence or anything like that. But um, but involuntarily involuntary manslaughter. That's yeah. what they charge him with, um, right? Yeah. Of course, on Thursday, the news broke Alec Baldwin and the Russet armorer Hannah Gutierrez Reed both charged with involuntary manslaughter in the accidental shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins a year and a half ago. I just saw news over the over the weekend. They won't be charged for the shooting of Joel Souza, the guy who uh, was shot in the shoulder but survived the director. Why? I didn't uh, I did not do my due diligence in reading exactly why, but there won't be additional charges for that. However, uh, the. Yeah, I don't believe they're going to, they're going to get voluntarily. I mean, some kind of reckless endangerment, you would yeah. think something like that. Um, but depending uh, on the jury decision, there are serious penalties in play here. It's possible that both face a minimum five year prison sentence, though. That would be the highest uh, end of possible penalties. In fact, I think it's six and a half. It's minimum five plus a possible 
year and a half on top because of a firearm enhancement and all that. I posted a video yesterday breaking down all the new developments. You can check that out if you want to hear more in the story. I'm not going to repeat that here, but I did find it hilarious that Joy Behar on The View, she's convinced that she cracked the case. Uh, The whole thing is just one big Republican op to get Alec Baldwin. You know, the, the DA who uh, is, is indicting him, or whatever the legal term is right now, mm-hmm. she, she's a big Republican. I'm only saying this because Alec Baldwin is a target for Republicans. They cannot stand him. Okay? But I'm just saying. But I'm not saying anything more than that. The fact that he was handling the gun. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Alec Baldwin is being targeted. This has nothing to do with Alec Baldwin targeting people with his gun and yeah. pulling the trigger. Uh, he literally killed somebody. <laughs> so it's all the culmination of one big Republican plot to get him. They just had to wait until he accidentally shot a woman. And then it all <laughs> came together. We got him. We knew he would do it. Uh, point of fact, the DA in Santa Fe is not a Republican. She is a Democrat. She was elected in 2020. Now, presumably, Joy is talking about Andrea Reeb, who is the special prosecutor assigned to the case. She is a newly elected Republican member of the state legislature. But if this is all some Republican plot to get Baldwin, why would the Democrat DA appoint this lady to do it? Not yeah. very well thought out, but I don't know what else I would expect from the view. I just thought it was funny. That's also waste. No more time on that. Uh, tragically predictable outcomes. The search for the Supreme Court leaker is finally over and they found exactly jack shit. They took 20 pages to write a report that says jack shit. No identity on the leaker. It doesn't uh, sound like we're ever going to get one, at least from the court itself. The court's marshal who conducted the investigation released, again, a 20 page report describes the details of 126 interviews of 97 court employees. But of course, the only detail anybody cares about is absent. Several court employees did admit to discussing the draft opinion and the vote count with their spouses, which is a violation of the court's confidentiality rules. But the marshal was not able to narrow down who was responsible for the leak itself. The uh, the first report of the findings from the marshal, uh, some interpreted to mean that she didn't actually even interview the justices themselves. It was sort of unclearly worded. The marshal later clarified that is not correct. All nine justices were personally interviewed. However, she found them to be very honest and very cooperative. And so um, she did not ask them to sign sworn affidavits. In other words, those statements in their interviews do not carry the penalty of perjury. Sonia Sotomayor or whoever else you might be curious about. They could just lie their asses off in this uh, particular interview as long as they're convincing to the court martial and there will be no consequences even if they are shown to be proven liars later. But if you went to January 6th and did nothing, yeah. they will use like AI and facial recognition technology. They'll go to all of these lengths to yeah. find you and to to put some bullshit trespassing charge on you. But they can't fucking find out who did this. Are you serious? Same with the the pipe bomber on January 6th. Yeah. One thing when I did a video about that, that I regret missing in the footage myself. And of course, savvy listeners tipped me onto, and maybe if I return to the topic later, I'll get back at it. You can see moments in the footage where the January 6th pipe bomber is using a phone and that might be some kind of a burner phone or who knows. The point is there are phone data associated with that phone that should lead you to somebody. There's got to be a trail to trace and we can't figure out, 
We can't figure out uh, who that is either. My favorite reaction to the report and the lack of any findings comes from Senator John Kennedy uh, of Louisiana, who says to the leaker, this classic line, congratulations, butthead. Senator, what is the American public supposed to believe when stuff can leak out of the U.S. Supreme Court? Here's my message to the leaker. Uh, Congratulations, butthead. Uh, You almost got a member of the United States Supreme Court killed in his family. I think this is the Chief Justice's way of saying, we're not going to find out who the leaker is. And if we do know, we're not going to tell you. We want to move on. Congratulations, butthead. I just... I love the bit. So lame. (laughs) Well, perhaps the leaker will one day, one day reveal himself or herself or themselves to write a book and cash in on all the butthead bucks. Uh, But for now, it's not going to be the court who tells us who that person is. And speaking of they, thems, uh, this is just, uh, just, this is just chronicles from clown world. uh, But I couldn't resist uh, having a look at it. An obese man in British Columbia would like the company of little girls while he attempts to lose weight. So uh, he attempted to work out at a, uh, a local women's gym, but now he is outraged at the ownership of the gym, denying him such comforts. 28-year-old Bridget Klein-Simpson has identified as a woman for years, and she wants to get into better shape, so she went to the Body Works Gym for Women in Parksville for a membership. Klein-Simpson says she was initially welcomed, but after one workout, she was informed she was not allowed at the women's only gym. Saying, sorry, we made a mistake. You're not actually allowed to be here, but you're more than welcome. She's the co-ed facility. She says she wants to work out at a women's only gym where she will feel comfortable. It was just important to me to, like, be in a place that would be, like, explicitly accepting, like, you know you are a woman, you know, you're allowed to be here. Do we pick uh, the comfort of the transgender person and they may not be as comfortable with the co-ed gym, but at least that's an alternative? Or do we pick the comfort of the young girls that are working out there? They may not feel comfortable. I mean, all it takes is education. I mean, you you know, like once you understand trans women are women, trans men are men, if you still feel uncomfortable after that, I mean, I mean, that's on you. She says she's considering a complaint to BC's Human Rights Tribunal. Hmm. I can see that guy's fat balls and that <laughs> screenshot is this well, guy if you're, serious if you're uncomfortable with those fat balls that's on you not him this is uh, crazy town so the only person that we're going to get to be based is this like based pajit who's now an american hero yes and well, i've got canadian. to admit that canadian oh oh is it is he canadian yeah, oh, british okay, columbia good. is where this is okay well that makes me feel a little bit better fine well he's very <laughs> hesitant too he's like you know I have some reservations about letting a weird guy who thinks he's a woman hang out with a bunch of young girls and maybe I should protect them from him if that's okay. Question mark, Uh, question mark. Yeah. yeah. Good Uh, for him though. Maybe it's only minorities that can stand up against this because they have the impervious cloak of minority status. Battle of the progressive hierarchy for sure. Yeah. I love this reasoning. Oh, if you're uncomfortable with it, that's on you. Not on their property, it isn't. If you don't like the rules about no men, that's on you, fat dude with a dick. Right. If you are uncomfortable with their rules, you can start your own fat dudes in wigs gym anytime you want. You can cater to your clientele. And as you heard at the end of the story, uh, it's not enough that to just go find somewhere else to work out or even indeed take advantage of the other gym they're offering to him, the co-ed gym. No, no. I'm going to file a human rights complaint because we have to get the state to start meddling in this. Yep. yep. From the story, Klein Simpson, that's the big fat guy, 
says he has reached out to the BC Human Rights Commissioner and Alberni or Albemi, I'm not sure. Anyway, the, the pride organization there about the issue and hopes to find a solution. Get this part, quote, even if this was resolved, I wouldn't want to go back there, but it's not so much for me. It's for other people because I'm sure this is, or because I'm sure I'm not the only person that this has happened to. So I don't even want to go there, but I'm going to invoke state coercion to go get them to make them do stuff that I want, even though I don't want to participate in that business anymore. Classic. What do you want me to say? It's time for the people to take over. Well, I'm sure you have thoughts about the last related story before we get into Crowder and the Daily Wire. In any other week, I would have devoted more time to this, but I want to people are mostly aware if you're not highly encouraged to go read the story, if you can stomach it. No. Oh, my God. I read the affidavit today and I I just want to I just want to be dead now. This is the worst thing I, I think maybe we've ever discussed on this podcast. Like this really high level pedo stuff. You know, I have been saying that gay people should not be able to adopt children for years, for years, because of this specific reason. You know, they used a special needs Christian adoption agency to get these boys to rape them. I heard a lot of interesting details about how this came to be. Yeah. But if you're a Christian, a white Christian conservative, and you want to adopt a kid, and they're like, well, how do you feel about LGBTQ, whatever the fuck? lifestyles and uh, you say like i don't agree with that lifestyle you cannot adopt a child meanwhile if if the information in this story is correct you can be an accused child abuser and or rapist and that will pass and there's like here's a bunch of kids yeah exactly so um you know I, i don't know what people expected when they started adopting young boys to gay couples but like clearly some of them were going to get raped and trafficked anyway also, no mainstream media coverage on this. It's like Town Hall is the only person that is following up on this, and they've done an excellent expose that I really appreciate. But this was in Georgia. There have been no headlines about it. Um, the affidavit was released about this rich LGBTQ activist couple sodomizing their young adopt- adopted sons who are now 9 and 11, but it's been going on since they were in like second and third grade. Um, And then they were distributing homemade child porn of the sexual abuse to men in the community and internationally and uh, people that they met on Grindr. So they met a few dudes on Grindr and basically like pimped out their kids. They would get probably an hourly rate for these young boys to be sodomized by this homosexual Mexican guy. What's his name? Uh, Lawless. Oh, I thought it was Tortuguita. Uh, yeah, really. Hmm. Uh, that guy's probably a pedo too. And then um, uh, uh, some He's other just guy. Just a they sure. them. How dare you? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah. Okay. So the dudes that did this, government worker William Dale Zulak Jr. Oh, um, great. So we're all subsidizing this too. Exactly. I'm and sure thirty-five-year-old banker Zachary Zulak, and he was previously accused of raping a child. Uh, so they've been indicted by a grand jury on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, felony child exploitation of children and felony prostitution of a minor. I mean, they should throw whatever they can at them. But the incest thing, I'm like, what? They're not their kids. I mean, I, I refuse to to go along with this farce. That yeah, I hadn't thought about that. These. That is uh, an interesting theory behind that charge you're right whatever gets them they're looking at nine life sentences so fine but um, so they'll be out in like five years and the state will allow them to adopt again yeah and they were always at lgbtq rallies and you know their house was filled with all of this love is love stuff they had exotic animals but they had um like windowless rooms to film 
all of this child porn hmm. and stuff like that. Um, they lived in a million dollar house custom made. Um, and they both kind of had mid-level jobs. They were making $7,500 a month, but their combined income was like $3,100 a month, something like that. Oh my God. Wait, oh, com- 31 a month combined. Well, that's not that much. I, think was, I thought you were saying $31,000. No, $3,100, but they were making $7,500 a month. And they lived I in see. a million dollar house. Okay, so your speculation so like, is that there was some, uh, that this was a business operation of sorts. Yeah, I think yeah. this was an entire network of pedophiles and this is just the tip of the iceberg as it always is hmm. um i think they were paid handsomely for this child pornography and i think that they were massively subsidizing their income and then they were just doing this basically in public like oh we're never going to get caught because we have this lgbtq status and that's why they were able to adopt children which is just incredible that they were able to do this that's reporting um, by Mia Cathal over at Town Hall. I will link in the description. It's a four-part series that was released each day, or released in sequence each day this week. So, uh, again, a worthwhile read if you can tolerate the details. And I will caution: the details are disgusting. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have difficult. read the affidavit. It's yeah. just the worst thing I've ever read. Um, they also were getting child support from the federal government this entire time. Oh well, that makes sense. I didn't even know you, you did that. Like, there shouldn't be a financial incentive to adopt children. You'll have to talk to our federal overlords about that. But uh, in the interest of time, unless you have more to say, I, I figure we should no, move on so to, the, to the topic is, of the week. It is interesting, though, like that lesbian couple that drove their kids off the cliff. They like couldn't handle it anymore and whatever. They just abused and beat their children. But these guys, it's the gay men, I think, that that really need to be stopped from. You're getting children. soft on lesbians now. What's wrong? I mean... I don't know what's worse driving all five kids off of a cliff or like raping them and circulating. I, all the food. I, don't I know. guess one is more merciful. One is more, one is more kind, I suppose. Uh, anyway, speaking of kindness and mercy, let's get to Crowder versus the daily wire. Uh, yeah. Um, shoot me. And I, I have, a few, I have a few things to say up front and I promise it won't be perpetual fence sitting qualifications, though you might find some of it to be that. But the first thing I want to say, uh, thank you to our audience for shielding us from this bullshit. Holy shit, I know. Oh my, as soon as the story broke and I started following it, I was like, this is why, although we've never been asked, never been Yeah, asked. to be clear, um, I've the, I've never signed a $50 million contract with the Daily Wire because they've never... Ever. Yeah, they've never requested, never offered. But to be fair, when we started this, we decided like first week in this, we, we're never going to go this way. We were never going to go this way if we got invited to, which we definitely haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I'm very thankful not to have to go to any of these people. Again, not that they're coming to us, but the fact that I or we don't have to go to these people to beg you, the audience, and specifically the people who choose to support the show. You've put us in a position of independence, free from the slap fight. So thank you for that. I hope that you feel adequately thanked each and every week. But in case not, I'll be extra explicit this week. Um, there is a part of me that hates engaging in this kind of drama, even to analyze it, though I understand it's the hot topic in the community right now, so I will. Uh, it, but if I had to engage in this kind of fight to save my career, things would be much worse. So your support is appreciated yeah. because of it. We don't have to bend the knee to any of this nonsense. I, another thing I'll add, disregard pretty much everything I said about this story on the Wednesday call-in stream. It's not that I think everything I said was wrong. But at the time, we had uh, only seen Crowder's initial video. It was, we went live like right after Boring's response video came out. And so there was a lot of subsequent information um, that we did not know at the time. 
And I wouldn't have framed things exactly the same way or said things exactly the same way as I did on the Wednesday show. If I had that information, that's why the Wednesday show is the Wednesday show. It's freestyle. And sometimes it's complete nonsense. And, and lastly, uh, I'm not looking to take sides or cheerlead. Of course, I want to be as insufferably fair in presentation as possible. And that means going through the arguments for and against each position. I do have some opinions, obviously, and I'll, I'll mention those at the end. But I want to give each position fair consideration because I'm not here to wave a flag for either team. I want to analyze this uh, as, as close to objectively as possible. So let's start with how this developed and what the initial arguments or the fundamental arguments were. It, it starts on Tuesday. And Steven Crowder, the day before, teases that he's done being quiet and he has a big video release coming. Crowder points uh, or, or posts rather a 28 minute video called it's time to stop on YouTube in which he reveals redacted portions of what he calls a contract offer from a major conservative media outlet who he does not name. Of course, Crowder's time at the blaze has ended. So he's shopping for a new host for his content and his mug club subscription uh, subscription program uh, subscription program. There we go. Sorry about that. This video, uh, has many accusations. Fundamentally though, Crowder says uh, this major conservative outlet is seeking to punish him with penalties for getting demonetized or censored by major platforms like YouTube. He says this major conservative media outlet is doing the censorship bidding of YouTube and the rest of big tech. Big tech is in bed with big con. And I don't just mean unreasonable demands for control, but what, what I would argue are immoral terms that actually punish conservative content creators on behalf of big tech. This is worse than the left frames their contracts. If blank is boycotted or dropped by more than 50% of uh, the advertising partners, the company is not able to replace them within 90 days, the fee will be reduced by 25%. So that's saying, hey, hey, hey liberals, Boycotts work. We'll punish them for you. If any of the major platforms issues a content strike such that Crowder cannot be monetized on such platform and the company is not able to resolve the issue within 90 days, the fee will be reduced by 25%. Imagine you're deplatformed, as we've seen in the past, where all of the major entities decide to remove you in one day. Rather than having a conservative alternative, you would now be down to 5 to 15% of the revenue of your contract. They're making it known in their contracts that they will enforce the guidelines of big tech and punish conservatives on their behalf. Don't, don't, hey, don't, don't worry, Wojcicki. Trust me, these conservatives will stay in line. I will transition Mug Club into a full-scale network with independent content creators who don't want to be locked into slave contracts. It's the slave, it's the slave word that got a lot of people going, too. Uh... Now, as a practical matter, everybody knew this was Daily Wire that he was talking about. Yeah. Crowder said in that video, it's not the blaze. And of course, you could infer that because he's leaving the blaze. So why would he have ongoing? Well, I guess maybe maybe he had some contract negotiation with the blaze that fell out. Anyway, he said explicitly it's not the blaze. So you eliminate the mm -hmm. blaze. He mentioned how many ad reads were required in the terms, the financial scale of these penalties or payment reductions, depending on how you frame them. Connect the dots. Um it was almost certainly attributable to Daily Wire. Notably, Crowder also did not disclose the value of the offer in this video. So that prompts Daily Wire CEO Jeremy Boring uh, to post a 50-minute video acknowledging it was indeed the Daily Wire. This happened the next day on Wednesday. He revealed the entire text 
of the offer, and he explained Daily Wire's reasoning behind each piece of the offer. Regarding reducing the contract's payment, Boring says it has nothing to do with enforcing Susan or big tech censorship, which he opposes, and he says all of Daily Wire opposes. He says because there is a deplatforming risk that uh, will cost everyone money, Daily Wire and Crowder alike, or both of them in this arrangement, they need to share in that risk. If Crowder's revenue from other platforms drops, both parties need to share in that loss. Boring says if they uh, they can't guarantee millions in payment if revenue is massively compromised. This isn't about punishing the content creator. This is about if the Daily Wire is going to leverage probably a hundred million dollars by the time you have marketing and infrastructure costs. Obviously, if the show makes dramatically less money, well, then Stephen has to make less money. Because we're making less money. You would have to lose a little and we would have to lose a little. I said, we're trying to sort of emulate the idea of a joint venture. And Stephen said, no, you should lose all the money. It's your business. Stephen, how, how would we have a business? Why, why would we be in business? And how would we stay in business? You can't just say, we're going to pay you $50 million even if the show doesn't bring in any money. That's not punishment. That's just reality. Stephen, when I spoke to him, he was very upset. He said, I've already been demonetized on YouTube. That's the kind of thing in a negotiation you scratch through that with your red pen and you say, Stephen's already been demonetized from YouTube, so we can't start the deal at minus 25. You have to already have anticipated that. And that would have been fine. Stephen's philosophy seems to be, I deserve to be paid millions and millions and millions of dollars, whether my show drives the revenue or not. That's not a business relationship. That, he's not looking for a business relationship. He's looking for a benefactor. That's bullshit. Well, uh, I will uh, we'll, we'll talk about the arguments for and against uh, momentarily uh, and why you say it's BS. But um, in response to that video, Crowder released another on Thursday, this time with portions of a call uh, made to Jeremy Boring about the offer. So Crowder recorded the call without Jeremy Boring's knowledge. Crowder says he made this call to tell Jeremy that the terms are not acceptable for other creators, not just for Steven Crowder, but for other people who may want to get on the daily wire. So Steven Crowder says he's fighting for the little guy who, who might try to make it with the daily wire in the future. Crowder emphasizes that boring said the phrase uh, wage slaves when describing uh, that younger talent should accept tougher terms as a means to take opportunity to build their careers. Here is a segment from that video. They don't get deals that, they can be wage slaves for a little bit. They can be wage slaves for a little bit. It was one last call where the only thing that I asked for, my only demand, was their word, and not even for me, but for other people coming up facing these kinds of contracts. Let's say it's some other kid, you're paying, you're paying six figures to come in and do it. There's, there's not the penalty of the demonetization or if they're removed from iTunes, Apple. Yeah, sure there would be. There's a penalty for being demonetized on YouTube. Because your business model requires that be a huge component of it, you need to change your business model or this movement cannot work, Jeremy. I'm not suggesting that the, that the uh, guidelines aren't terrible. I'm suggesting that if making money off of those platforms is part of how you're justifying the salary you're paying someone, then when those go away, everybody loses money. You can't pay the same amount with less revenue. How about you create a different business model? Bench talent, young talent, they don't get deals like this. So they get they don't get deals that they can be wage slaves for a little bit, come over and make a salary and grow their brand. Okay. 
again, we only got short portions of the call. Crowder did not release the entirety of that call. Real quick before we get into arguments, uh, the timeline is also relevant. And this is the timeline according to Ben Shapiro, who, of course, has a side. But I've not seen significant challenge to this characterization of the timeline, so I'm going to take it as true. But it's possible that there's a rebuttal to that that I haven't seen. Anyway, prior to October 5th, Crowder's agents asked Daily Wire about joining uh, the Daily Wire and they request an offer. On October 5th, Daily Wire submits this non-binding offer to start negotiations. $50 million, four years is the initial offer, with a two-year option for uh, $25 million additional bucks. So $75 million total contract offer. November 2nd, almost a month later, Crowder tells Jeremy he wants $30 million per year and requests a new offer. Daily Wire thinks about that until November 14th. Daily Wire declines the $30 million a year request. December 12th. Crowder registers the stopbigcon.com domain. December 15th, Crowder announces he's leaving the blaze. January 7th, Crowder texts Jeremy to ask if they can talk. January 9th, Crowder calls Jeremy and secretly records the call. January 17th uh, this week is when Crowder posts his first video. So I'm going to go through the arguments for and against either side of this dispute. And of course, I invite your... uh, your interjection where you see appropriate for the daily wire. Uh, I think that a lot can be said for the transparency when called, uh, when called out, they owned up to it. They didn't hide details, whether you agree with them or not, they showed you everything and explained their reasons for it. There wasn't much hidden here. If anything at all, they showed uh, a willingness to negotiate. What was offered was fully negotiable. It was not presented on a take it or leave it basis. And there was also a realistic understanding that risk should be shared. If, if the parties lose money, then the parties should share in the loss of money. It's not to argue that they want the risk realized. That would be, it's not necessarily that. Crowder's point is, no, no, they, they want to do it for Susan. Daily Wire's perspective is, it's not what we want. It's just a realistic risk where there's realistic risk. The, these two parties to this agreement should share in the uh, assumption of that risk. If they offer X dollars, or they're offering X dollars unless the revenue is compromised, in which case they offer X dollars minus the lost revenue. But irrespective of the intent, it does incentivize him not to um, discuss certain things. I, I could agree that maybe it's a flawed design, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, and maybe you want to negotiate it differently. And the other, the other response to that is Stephen Crowder already does that, of course. He already does a, a segment off YouTube. He already does toe the line of YouTube censorship with his own design. And so if you if you want to give YouTube the full finger, that's fine. But I don't know that he necessarily does that anyway. They're competing interpretations on that point. But uh, but that's what I'll say positively for the Daily Wire for for Crowder. He's standing on principle or at least he believes so. That's not necessarily me saying I agree or endorse the principles but I will acknowledge he didn't accept someone else's terms simply because they wanted him to. He he thought that to accept these terms would be to betray what he claims to his audience that he stands up for. And he wasn't willing to do that quietly. I also, oh. well, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Go into bat, man. Do you have any thoughts you want to offer on that? This clearly was about money, right? 
Uh, I have some points to that. Uh, this whole thing that this wasn't about money. There's a reason yeah. he didn't say $50 million. I think it was a bad deal for Crowder. I think that his show is worth a lot more. We'll talk about this later. Yeah. There's a reason he didn't tell his audience that it was a $50 million contract. Um, because that is just such an astronomical amount of money. None of us ever will ever see that amount of money come through on a contract or a, you know um, an offer. Ever in our lives. Speak for yourself. Never gonna happen. I have it's ambition. Never gonna happen, bro. It's I'm trying. Never. You have hitched your wagon to the wrong YouTuber <laughs> if you think that that contract is coming your way. Um, and there's a reason that he didn't mention that. It's because his audience would be like, "Fuck you, dude!" Like, mm. like we're living paycheck to paycheck. What are you talking about? Fifty million dollars. And I thought that that was that was disingenuous. Come on. There's a he did he didn't want to tell his audience. I I will note that it was. Uh, I'm sure it was omitted with purpose it, it yeah. seems like a key detail not to include in the first video the other thing i'll say as a positive point for steven crowder though you can call him a lot of things and i would there are a lot of accusations well, a lot of characterizations i probably would agree with because i am not a huge fan of how this happened i don't know that you can call him a sellout though he did he's not refuse a 50 million dollar offer and whether you're right or wrong Correct. if you stick to your convictions and and you don't and you don't just say i don't care i'll take that money I mean that you can't call such a person a sellout. So I, I will He's acknowledge that. He's not a sellout, that. but his show is, it's also worth more. Yeah. Than it $50 might, million dollars. it yeah. might be that he has a, an alternative that, that makes $50 million, not, not as attractive as it might be to some of us. So yeah. you might have a point there. Not now the points against, uh, against the daily wire. I, I don't think this is a great contract for several reasons. Uh, Lauren Chen did a great breakdown on the math. I know that you saw the video and I would encourage other people to, watch it as well. She is just the best. I just, I just, everybody check out that video. She actually turned down a contract with daily wire early in her career because they lowballed her terribly. And then Crowder lowballed her even more than daily wire when he offered her a job. So she's been independent for a long time. She's uh, done with the blaze and she said the blaze has never pulled any of this shit with her. She has inside knowledge that we don't. And uh, there's, there's a lot of value in that and her, her, she did a whole hour long stream on it. I'd encourage you to check it out if you're interested, but it is quite possibly low ball in its valuation. Remember well, this, his mug club members are bringing $42 million a year to the table. If he's correct that he has 350,000 of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and remember this isn't $50 million in salary that's offered for Crowder by the daily wire. This is $50 million four for his, for yeah, over four years and for his entire production operation so he's got including 25 staff or so. salaries anything yeah. that they want to expand every single thing that he has to do except for any like one-off documentaries or whatever at daily wire yeah. would be and, and you know it's it, he has a very high production cost yeah i'm very sure yeah. i'm sure that the the cost of producing everything he does on an annual basis is large yeah, on a scale that i have no familiarity with so i don't dispute that point at all the terms about control of certain certain social media accounts I thought those were also pretty stiff. Daily Wire not uh, wants not just control of revenue streams, but they want control of curation of content and a lot of uh, just managing of certain social media accounts for the duration of the contract. That's not something that I would be uh, inclined to agree with, but, that, but that, that's that's in the contract. Uh, you can argue, and and you kind of made the point previously, maybe you shouldn't build any system that depends on YouTube or big tech platforms at all. Maybe you should just write that off and work on other models instead. Now, in this case, it, it's also kind of irrelevant because Steven Crowder is already demonetized on YouTube. Now, cynically, many are saying that the Daily Wire knew that Crowder was demonetized because pretty much everybody already knew that. 
So yeah. they were attempting to sneak in an automatic reduction in Crowder's contract without him noticing. I don't uh, know that I'm that cynical. I'm sure he had an attorney look at this. Yeah. It, it, that A would, $50 million contract. Like yeah. you're not, you, you got to get some help. And the reductions in the payment, it seems somewhat arbitrary. Like why not just reduce the, the, the payment by the same dollar figure lost from YouTube or any other ban uh, or half that if they want to share the loss. And we get these arbitrary fees in this offer. You get 25% reduction for YouTube punishment, 10% for Spotify, et cetera. I assume those are approximations of what they expect to be proportional to what those platforms represent in the total income. And maybe they were going to hammer this out later because, again, this was an initial sort of offer type thing. But why not be specific with actual dollar figures instead of just guesses? Yeah. Some point out, and Crowder kind of made this point, it, it appears that the collective penalties in terms of percentages add up to nearly the entire value of the contract. As in if Crowder, w- let's say he got Alex Jones, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, whatever, they all line up and ax Steven Crowder one day. I think there's a mathematical scenario here where he'd still be obligated to produce content for daily wire, probably at a loss, or at least he'd have to cut his staff massively. Oh, can so, you imagine how awful? You know, again, not, not a great contract and not one that I would sign my name to, but that's what I think. The, do you have criticisms about the daily wire beyond that? I mean, that's my biggest criticism and people are like, well, he could have negotiated or anything that was just absolutely outlandish. He could have just written out of the contract, but like, a negotiate the point that Lauren Chen made, and I think she's right. The 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 initial offer does give you an idea of the integrity by which a company is going to operate in future negotiations. And so, if they've inserted something like this that they think is just absolutely insane, which Lauren Lauren Chen said that she's never seen anything like this in any of her contracts, um, and he was already demonetized, then it's like, why would they even put it in in the first place? I say it seems to me the only reason they would do that is if they're like trying to make a buck and they are a company. So, you know, they were doing what's most financially advantageous for them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of hate, we should talk about Crowder. I, I kind of hate okay. everybody involved in this. too. I, I don't think that's an unreasonable perspective, but all right, let's talk about the points against Crowder. And as I was making my list, this is the one that ended up being the most numerous, at least after specifically after the recording, the phone call recording video, but here are the items that I, that that uh, stand out to me. So this he, is not a contract until he signs it, right? So well, this is an a, offer. Why, it, and he made it seem like he was bound to these terms. Yeah, he presented this offer as though it was imposed, as in you have to sign this, or they're going to impose it on you, or this is a take it or leave it thing. It was fully negotiable. He was free to discuss terms he didn't like, try to reach an agreement. It doesn't really appear that he did that other than going back to the table for more money, at least if the Daily Wire characterization is correct. And perhaps Steven Crowder will dispute that because he's set to speak on this more tomorrow, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, he, he just hung on to the offer for months and said nothing. Well, if this was such an injustice, why wait? If it was such an yeah. injustice in the first if place. If it had nothing to do with money, then why did you count with a much higher number? Because, you know, yeah. counter with a higher number, because there is a number that that all of us would compromise our principles for all of us. Except for maybe you. I don't know. I'll have to think about that number. Anyway. <laughs> Exhaustively. <laughs> um, and you made the point, returning to ask for more money shows it's, it is it is at some level about the money, not about principle. If the violations of the principle were so disgraceful, well, then the counter offers never made. Um, Which I don't fault him for. It's a job. It should be about the money. You have right? to weigh costs and uh, benefits and i understand that sometimes you have to bend on certain things in order to provide for your family and do the thing that you want to do 
yeah, I, I understand sometimes you accept non-ideal terms. I, I don't think that you're a horrible person or a hypocrite for that. Um, it appears that Crowder wanted guaranteed money with no risk, as in you pay me X amount, you also take all the risk and I take none. Now, I'm sure that's possible if you want to negotiate that, but the bottom line is the Daily Wire is going to give you a lower number if you want it guaranteed. Yeah. But you can't say, pay me top money and also take all the risk that I won't generate top end money. That's just, you can't agree to that. As a, as a smart business person, that is a, a risk of a massive multi-million dollar loss in the works. That's true. And they have no creative control. They have the rights, but they don't really have any creative control outside of disincentivizing him financially mm. from, from saying outlandish stuff because he still is doing all the production stuff. This sticking up for the little guy thing. Maybe I'm being too cynical. Personally, I don't buy that premise at all. It, uh, it, it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Daily Wire has never presented itself as some place where small creators can come to set up shop. Daily Wire no. is a very tightly controlled publication of a select few very high profile personalities as a, as a so-called small creator that I assume Crowder is probably talking about. I have never once thought, Hey, maybe I should head on over and start posting on the daily wire. After all, that's where like up and coming yeah. guys go. I've never thought that it's they not like some answer us. Yeah. YouTube or rumble where you go to set up shop in some kind of open platform. I just don't buy that. I think that's a backfilled premise after the fact. Oh, no, no, I'm doing it for you. I mean, first of all, I don't need you to make arguments for me on my behalf. Right. I'll handle that. Uh, but I don't I don't buy that. That was his motivation in the first place. Call me cynical. Um, I, I think this has devolved into something of a leftist style takeover mentality, because now that he's operating on behalf of the little guy, Crowder is saying some variation of do it, do it the way that I tell you or I'm going to get you. Change your business model or I'm going to get you. Well, you don't have to like your business, uh, their business, but you're not the boss of their business. Do it yourself and outcompete them, which he also says he plans to do. But if that's the case, then why, why go scorched earth against them? Speaking of why go to the daily wire at all? If Crowder is, is asking for tens of millions of dollars a year, presumably he already has revenues comparable to that. Why not just set up your own shop and be your own boss? And I get it. That takes time to hire build all of that but, but so, doesn't he already have a self-sustaining operation going he maybe he can't host the video content and the streams but right, he's got a yeah. pretty functional website i could tell you that much and they have mug club too and and your audience if you said hey i'm gonna need to take some break time to build something but on the other side i think you're really gonna love it i'm pretty sure his audience would be patient with that he's got a loyal audience yeah and he's earned it recording the conversation is low Select, yeah, selectively really releasing it is even lower. So it's already a betrayal to record a private conversation with a friend offering you millions with the intent of exposing him. Um, but not even having the decency to then show the full conversation unedited demonstrates to me that you only want certain things heard, but not others, uh, not right. others. Rather Crowder says there are personal details within that recording. Fine. Bleep those include everything that is business discussion. Why can't we hear that? Yeah, and if you're yeah. going to do it and I I'll acknowledge, like I, I did a secret recording with Patreon in, in my prior time. I wouldn't awesome. say they weren't my <laughs> friends. In fact, they had stabbed us in the back. Now Crowder thinks they are stabbing him in the back. So maybe you want to draw some equivalence there. My counter would be as someone who has bent this moral rule in the past. If you're going to do this, you better have some revelation. Now to me, the revelation in my case was 
I have Patreon openly discussing how they intend to betray the people that they've scooped up to to support their business. And I think we as consumers should have some of there that was information a right to know about this. Was because, there a right for the audience to know about this? Probably not. I do want well, to make a correction though. When he made that $30 million counter offer, I'm fairly certain he also changed the terms of the monetization. Okay. So uh, yeah, we want to be complete in that. And again, there'll probably be more uh, information on this tomorrow. I, what I'm saying is, I, I know this is somewhat subjective, but I didn't think there was any ma- major revelation in this Jeremy boring call. He said, almost the exact same stuff that he said in his own video the day prior, with the exception of using the phrase wage slave in what sounds to me pretty clearly like a tongue in cheek context. Yeah. I didn't find that to be damning or revealing in any way. And if anything, it, it makes Jeremy look like an honest person to me. That's true. Um, and I, this does affect other daily, like I, I like Candace Owens and she seemed real pissed off on t- and Tim pool because this is affecting her personally. And so she went Candace Owens. That's for sure. She did go Candace Owens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, Crowder's going to be on Tim pool tomorrow. Yes. Which I want to discuss in just a little bit. Cause we're almost finishing up. I know we're going long, but uh, I want to be complete. Um, cynically, you could say this was all a, a stunt to hype a boogeyman. So he can, he could oppose that boogeyman to launch his own platform. Cause what's the ask going to be? Well, it's stop big con by signing up for my email list, which of course, what's, what's going to happen. He's going to use that email list to send you promotional material to ask you to stop big con by giving him a hundred dollars a year. Mm, That's how it's going to go. And at last point, I know this is just optics and I know that, that Crowder has people to pay and mouths to feed just like anybody else. I get that. But if you're him, you have to foresee how once this blows up in this way, because you are igniting the dynamite at this point, it's going to make you seem a lot less relatable. It's going to make you seem like you're publicly whining about a multi-million dollar contract while the rest of us are in significantly tougher financial times over the last year plus. Yeah, it does, it's going to make him less desirable to other companies to get picked up with because he doesn't yeah. have a relationship with Blaze. He can't go to the Blaze. And CRTV doesn't exist anymore, right? It was bought by... It was merged into the Blaze. Oh, it was merged into the Blaze. Okay. Yeah. And then um, he can't go to Daily Wire now for sure. It it just so, doesn't make you seem plan. like the, the hero of the people that you're trying to be with this. I'm looking out for the little guy bit. I'm sure he okay. has a plan. I, I think it's to build his own thing and good for him yeah. if he decides to. I just you know, I'm not a huge fan of how this was conducted. But last couple points. One one last consideration uh, or uh, criticism against Crowder. At least some are saying and some people with knowledge are saying he apparently has no principles against this sort of career ruining of others as it relates to his employees. According to Owen Benjamin, Crowder threw a non-disclosure agreement at his former producer, not gay Jared, upon his departure that keeps Jared out of similar work and doesn't even allow Jared to use the name not gay Jared at all. Come on. Steven Crowder then contractually insisted that not gay Jared could not work in comedy ever again, that he couldn't use the name not gay Jared, that Crowder owned all this stuff. What father would quit his job right when they have a kid? Not gay Jared took a real leap of faith that he could figure out how to pay for his kid's life, but he didn't want to raise his child in that environment. Steven Crowder makes his employees sign NDAs. Forget about the, the contract that the Daily Wire is trying to do. If you want $50 million, yeah, they're going to own your shit. And if you get kicked off a platform and they can't make their money back, they'll give you less money. He puts people in contracts that are like, they won't ever be able to work in comedy ever again. Ugh. Well, Owen would have familiarity with the NDA because I'm sure 
they gave it to him because he used to be on ladder with crowder he knows everybody involved um now <sighs> you would think let's go ask not gay jared well a lot of people did not gay jared says uh for what it's worth, I resigned from Ladder with Crowder through a written two-week notice in July of 2018. I was not fired or dismissed from my role, nor was I forced out of the company anyway. My departure was 100% my decision. Then he follows up. Why I decided to leave so abruptly is a different story, but that was my personal decision. Hmm. That's awfully oh. ambiguous in its terms. I, I, I would speculate that's probably for a reason. Uh, I'm going to speculate that that means um, it was his decision to sign a contract that paid him to say nothing and not do certain things. A contract similar in principle to the one Crowder is now opposing, if not worse than the one that he's now opposing. And I will fully acknowledge that speculation on my part. If that is factually incorrect, I invite the demonstration. Otherwise, I will. Well, we're never going to find out. So. Last uh, take here or point of criticism. What if it's a point of criticism against everybody? The uh, the ultra cynical take is that both Crowder and the Daily Wire actually organized this stunt together as a way to stir up <laughs> mutual support because partisans of each side will become hardened. And then some who like both will still support both in a desire to see resolution. And then when they do come together, the resolution can be used to sell more subscriptions. And I hate this. Even Tim Pool is in on it to rake in all the super chats. I know it. Now, I wouldn't yes. uh, be complete in the coverage here if we didn't get the most important reaction of all. Ben Shapiro personally chimed in to destroy Steven Crowder with both facts and logic. Okay, gang, I obviously have to respond to the Crowder situation. It is an absolute mess. What went down should not have happened. The contract should not have been seen by the public, which is why you have to protect your important online documents by using ExpressVPN. Protect your data and keep your next $50 million podcast contract super secure by using code Ben for 20% off. It's always hard to lose a friend. It could be one of the hardest things in life, but one thing I did not lose was sleep because I slept off this treacherous (laughs) week on a Helix mattress. They're incredible. I use them every night. I woke up feeling great. Make your next publicity nightmare a dream with Helix. Okay, more about this contract, but first, if your sock game sucks, you're not having sex. No socks, no sex. That's why I use... (laughs) That comedian is Tyler Fisher, who did a spot on Jordan Peterson impression oh, really? sorting this out as well yeah the joke was the con the the term the contract terms require steven to clean his room and you know, <laughs> that sounds kind of obvious but he really he really nailed the bit he did it really well i don't know man uh i hate everybody involved okay i have a final take before we're finished up do you want to go first or i'll go first yeah sure i um i understand that everybody's trying to make money um i think that it was kind of lame to come out in this way of Crowder because I don't think that the predatory terms of the agreement are really what pissed him off the most. I think it was the low ball offer. I'm not familiar enough with his financial situation to know if this actually was a low ball offer. I think it probably was based on Lauren Chen's video. Um, but also I just, I just hate the daily wire so much. You know, I just, every time I, I that see was going to be tough Shapiro, for you to get over. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think that my judgment about the situation is so clouded because of my hatred. My instinct was to just support Crowder no matter what, because I fucking hate the daily wire and I hate Ben Shapiro um, and Jordan Peterson. So, so my instinct is just to reactively be like, Oh, fuck the daily wire. But I, but I also have heard that Crowder's kind of a dick and that he sucks to work with. So as usual, you just hate everybody. 
Yeah, I just that's fair. Ew. Everybody uh, grosses me out, and I just um, I just hate everyone. Yeah. I'm in something of a similar boat here. The contract from the Daily Wire is not a contract I would sign, but I don't believe that a flawed first offer justifies Crowder's arguments or behaviors. I don't think that Steven Crowder was fair or accurate in his initial presentation of the offer. Uh, it wasn't some contract imposed. It was negotiable. It wasn't doing the bidding of Susan and clapping with glee at her censorship. It was acknowledging that there's risk in using her platform or others like it. And this was the Daily Wire's proposal for how to navigate that risk. Now, you might say that's a shitty way to navigate that risk. Great. Let's talk about it. You could have taken that approach. Didn't. Crowder has not been transparent throughout. He didn't disclose the offer value. He didn't disclose the full terms of the offer. He didn't disclose the full phone conversation. I have a problem with that. If you're not willing to let me see everything, even if you want to protect identity, you can do that. Let me see the full context. He made several decisions not to do that. Fundamentally, I think this is just a question of whether you want or value more independence or security. It appears that Crowder went shopping for both, but then got mad that the security of guaranteed money means, yes, someone else owns a lot of what you do. In other words, you are now a dependent. If you value independence, as I do, I understand that. Be independent. Don't go seeking bosses and then complain about bosses. Don't yeah. tell don't tell someone else how to build it. Just build it. And if you hate the Daily Wire so much and you want to sink them, build something so great they have to alter their ways. And I know that's easier said than done, giving the Scrooge McDuck pool of money that uh, is an operation here. Yeah, that's true. But since when has Steven Crowder ever opposed hard work and who's in better position financially to do it than him? So well, we really, don't know that. I mean, there are few and he's one yeah. of them. Yeah, that's true. And this other uh, before I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you finish. But, Thank but you, before Kanye. we uh, <laughs> before we finish um, this thing about demonetization on YouTube, uh, he already limits what he's going to say and centers himself for that reason. We all do it. Yeah, I do it. I know. Even we, you, we, we all um, do it, um, to some degree. And does that make us sellouts? Yes. But we also want to keep our platforms. Yeah. Well, it's compromising a certain principle in favor of what you believe to be a larger principle. In this case, being able to reach the maximum amount of people possible. If Steven yeah. Crowder really believes that he's standing up for us little guys, then yes, please go build the little guy platform. The problem is, even as someone who would be potentially attracted to that, maybe I'll see you there. But the trouble is, I don't trust you now. How would I ever enter a business relationship with you after you've shown this degree of backstabbery? So if you ask me, I would never sign a contract with either of these people. I don't I don't want the Daily Wire owning everything that I do. I don't want Steven Crowder stabbing me in the back. And that's why, again, very thankful to the listeners, especially those who choose to support, because I don't have to. I don't have to go begging to these people at all. And so I don't have to worry about either of those things. So so gas Crowder, gas Daily Wire is where we're living. Fuck Mary Kill. (laughs) Which one's it going to be? A couple of last points. Uh, I did mention Crowder is set to appear on Timcast tomorrow, Monday going to be very curious to see how this goes because Steven Crowder gets very hot-headed when people he perceives as his friends when, when he perceives them slighting him. Tim it's kind of like a womanly little bitch thing too, isn't it? Like, "Ooh, you made me mad. You were supposed to be my friend." Like, it's almost baggy. guaranteed this is going to happen 
because Tim and Crowder have had a good relationship prior. You also know that Tim is going to do his due diligence and push back gently with valid points. That's the sort of situation that is highly likely to set Crowder off. I hope not, but I'm going to watch to see if it happens. And in the interest of being fair and because he solicited media appearances on his first video, I did extend an offer to Steven Crowder to appear on the show. I did not receive a response, nor do I expect to. There is a, a goose egg, 0% chance that's going to happen. Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, or any other Daily Wire representatives are also invited to this show if they'd like the opportunity to speak to a little guy platform. You know, I did receive a response from Ben, though. He did uh, send a message back, which was very nice of him. You're an asshat. Thank you. I appreciate the acknowledgement. Oh, my God. I would love if Ben Shapiro came on the show. There is something that I would nuke my YouTube channel over. <laughs> I, I think uh, people would tune in for that stream. I certainly would. All right. Uh, we're way past time for a super chat break. So maybe we take one of those uh, and then we get into your Peter McCullough interview. Sure. Let me refresh this real quick. Yeah, on my Peter McCullough interview, everybody's got to go to my channel and watch it and share it because it is there's some fuckery afoot with Susan. And normally I'd be like, I just don't make enough content and it wasn't very good. But this is way less viewed than my other more recent content that like topics where people would be <laughs> less interested. I think I only have 12,000 views or something ridiculous oh, like that. Only it's $50 million dollars and only 12,000 views. 12,000 views is fuck all. That is well, like nothing. There was a time and a place where that was unachievable. And for many, it uh, it seems unachievable now. This needs to go viral, though. No, this I agree. Is, that it was it, really important. It's hard to get eyes. No doubt. Um, Zorzi. The problem with giving power to the people is that it requires the people to keep it. Power is an abstraction, but always manifests physically in the most competent or ruthless Chaz served as a microcosm <laughs> in which this rule showed face. That is so true. And he continues. It was built to be a utopian wet dream with an emphasis on equity. And yet it took very little time for all the power to gather in the hands of a warlord. Power cannot be created or destroyed in any permanent sense. It only changes hands. This is the concept of the power vacuum. The U.S. was built with a myriad of safeguards against this phenomenon. And yet all that served to do was buy time and ensure that those who were the most immoral and cunning gained all the power that conservatives dreams, conservative dreams enemy isn't the left, it's human nature. To swim against this current is ultimately futile within this system as it fails to recognize these immutable facets of humanity culture. Not the Constitution was our strength. Thanks for supporting the show. By I the am way. not going to be niggered. Um, that was just beautiful. Thank you. Yours, I didn't get to cheat this time and see your message, your thoughtful message before the stream, so I got to freestyle it. And of course, I might have to be a little more brief than I was last time. Hot um, damn, that was spot on. That you know just... that I'm going to take issue with a few of the premises here, though. I don't think that that uh, right. that conservatism or the Constitution are are enemies of human nature. In fact, I think they are acknowledgments of the rights inherent to that human nature. So I, I certainly would take issue with that. I I don't agree that the only achievement was holding back a certain amount of time or buying a certain amount of time against power. I think we've achieved a remarkable amount of prosperity that is being undersold in this characterization precisely because we're acknowledging fundamental truths about human nature and protecting them. At what um, cost? But I, but I will agree that the, the premise that I agree with here, um, culture, not the constitution was our strength. I guess I would agree insofar as they're not 
they're not mutually exclusive. They're complementary, as in to say the Constitution without the culture that that defends it is just a piece of paper. It's toilet paper. It means nothing. You have to have the culture that will uphold those moral truths or else you'll get the sort of degeneracy that we have today. So on that premise, I agree that that pieces of paper without culture to defend them are worthless and we got to fix that. So perhaps that is the area we find uh, common ground on. Okay. Thank you, Shores. I bought PM. Thank you, sir. Eric Burns Marsh has a few uh, free Brittany Venti, free Jeremy from the quartering. They got suspended because uh, a fraud is feeling blue after being exposed. Hashtag hyphenated pen names for ancient aliens and Chicago style pizza. Did they really? I saw that they got uh, both got suspended on Twitter for sharing some private message or something like that. Uh, so I don't know exactly what happened there, but or if their accounts are free now. By the way, thanks, Ibot. I uh, appreciate the support for the show. We love you. Um, You're very special. I don't know any more than that, though. They just got banned for some. Uh, Brittany Venti shared like a message and then he uh, quartering reposted it and they both got in trouble. That's really lame. Eric Burns March, 13% of Americans propose 52% of clearly unconstitutional hate crime laws. Slavery was once universally practiced. White people ended it. Sounds superior to me. YouTube would not let me send this and want to super chat offensively. Susan. Well, thank you for utilizing Tippy Stream. That is true. Daniel Kunkel, a doctor from Utah, was criminally charged for tr- for destroying Wu flu jabs, giving saline shots to kids and providing fake backs cards for free. He was actually selling them for $50. Um, I, for one, call him a hero as he saved many lives doing so. Good for him. I, I actually read about this and sent, <laughs> and sent Skag the article. Yeah. This guy, American hero, who saved as many lives, thousands of lives, probably. Um, Criminally charged for this. Well, talk about a stance on principle. Yeah, really. Mm. Kevin Flanagan's ghost. Oh, boo-hoo, baby Ben Shapiro. Well, Crowder is a big meanie gang. We'll tell you, great Susan, and our contract is right after a word from our sponsor. Maybe if little Benny can't take the heat, he should get up. <laughs> Get out of the kitchen. You're an asshat. You almost got her. <laughs> almost got her. Um, wow. Holden Mulray. Thank you. Hi, truth seekers. Would you consider moving to a country with no gun rights, but a very low crime rate? God mm. bless you both. I'll move to Japan. Generally, I'm going to say no, because in that context, just like finding your spouse, all it takes is one. It, it's very rare. But if one crazy guy decides that he's going to come get you and you can't defend yourself, you're in trouble. So I guess I'm going to say I, I would rather retain my gun rights and endure slightly more crime than live completely helplessly. That is my inclination. I guess, I guess I haven't thought of that, but uh, maybe that's mistaken. I don't know. I'm just not going to fundamental principle here. I am not ever going to beg for mercy from a crazy person trying to kill me. I'm just not going to do it. And if, if oh, that I means, <laughs> well, chicks, you know, that's, that's a woman yeah. thing. For real. Uh, Tortuga. Blonde, I heard you might be coming to Japan. May I ask what for? I've been here for 17 years now. So if you need any guidance or assistance, I'll be happy to help. Matt, thanks for all that sweet, sweet, loving, smooth sailing and keep them high and tight. Um, I am just a Japanophile. Like I love parts of their culture. I love Japanese food. And I have heard that it is the most fun vacation that people are so kind and helpful and that it is like being on another planet. And I've only been to um, like white countries and European countries. And I just, um, I'm just really excited. I just, I just think that it's going to just going to be so much fun. And then my husband is this big blonde white guy. And then I have, you know, lots of blonde hair. And then I've got this child with like a halo of blonde hair. And so I've been told 
that will be treated like celebrities. <laughs> and that's really all I want out of a vacation for people to come up to me and treat me like I'm super special. So I'm just going to go to non-white countries from now on. What if you get abducted by Godzilla? That would be a problem. I think I could talk my way out of it. Thank you, Tortuga. That's um very odd. That this is the second time the Tortuga nickname. I guess that was Tortuguita, but uh, I've not talked about Tortugas ever <laughs> as much on one stream. Appreciate it. I think we should circle back. We're, okay. We, we got to uh, cruise. Thank you guys for your patience. I know it has been... Uh, a long wait tonight with the chat engagement. So um, I'll, I'll have to just circle back with you. We will get back to it at the uh, the end of the stream. And we appreciate your support for the show, of course. But um, but I suppose without further ado, let's get right into Blonde's interview with Dr. Peter McCullough. This, uh, this is an edited segment that I put together. It's about 14 minutes cut from the full hour. It's Watch it on my more, channel. Watch it on my channel. It's linked in the description if you want to full, see the full thing. But we'll see you on the other side. me today dr peter mccullough thank you so much for joining me it's such an honor to speak with you um i want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule which includes seeing patients unlike so many of these supposed COVID experts i was so happy to hear that you were still seeing patients well i'm delighted to be on the program i'm dr peter mccullough i'm a practicing internist and cardiologist in dallas texas and i hold degrees from baylor university university of texas southwestern medical school in dallas i finished top, in top of my class uh, the uh, University of Michigan for graduate school in epidemiology and Southern Methodist University for graduate liberal arts studies, uh, the, a degree I got uh, later on in life. Completed my residency at University of Washington in Seattle, uh, my cardiology fellowship at what's now the Oakland University William Beaumont School of Medicine. I held a variety of academic positions over the course of my career. I was a chief academic scientific officer for Ascension Health, a chief of cardiology at a major university. And uh, when the COVID-19 hit, I redirected all of my cardiovascular uh, and internal medicine research towards the virus. And then I moved on uh, in, in the, um, uh, you know, during the next years of the pandemic to really focus on safety and efficacy of the various products, the genetic products that were introduced and later on became mandated for people to take. I want to talk a little bit about doctors and their role in all of this. Um, so much schooling is required, uh, ongoing maintenance of credentials. You guys are a skilled, schooled bunch. Um, why have doctors specifically been unable or maybe unwilling to stand against government mandates in the face of emerging evidence? And why at this point will they not admit the truth, especially about the vaccine? I think initially doctors were driven out of fear for the first time they thought uh, they could actually, you know, contract an illness and die themselves. And, you know, the doctors of my generation, we never faced a yellow fever. We didn't face the, the Spanish flu. Uh, you know, this was our first real truth test. And uh, there's, there's no checkbox on the application to medical school about, you know, having courage. 
It, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some doctors like myself, we quickly jumped out there. We treated patients. We knew we were taking risks. Most of us contracted the illness in the first year. We got through it. And we went on and we went on to, to really take the issue at hand. The issue at hand is people are getting sick and some high risk people were being hospitalized and some worse died. And that was all preventable with multiple, multiple drug early treatment. It just had the research had to be done and we did it. Uh, but what many doctors retreated to the sidelines out of fear and then they watched as things unfolded. And then before you know it, by December of 2020, uh, the COVID-19 vaccines came out and most of the doctors lined up in droves to take the, to take the products. They all did. Uh, the estimates are 96% of doctors took them. Oh so once, once they've taken it and they've bought into the program, now that was a sealed fate. The program was don't attempt to treat COVID-19, undermine anything that's going to treat the illness and jump onto the complete and total promotion of a one-pronged strategy, and that is immunization. One of the major issues resulting from this government psyop is that trust in doctors, um, even in Western medicine, is I, I think it's completely shattered. And while I generally believe that this is a good thing because people are far too reliant on medical solutions to lifestyle problems, it does make it difficult for for good doctors like you to share information. Um, do you think that widespread skepticism of the medical system is a, a positive development uh, in modern Western society? Boy, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a little bit afraid of this wave of distrust, which is clearly uh, justified. Um, I'm a little bit leery of uh, shortfalls in the provision of care or people starting to walk away from, you know, very affordable evidence-based strategies to reduce common illnesses uh, and risk of common illnesses like cardiovascular disease and cancer. I'm a little bit of afraid of a backlash. You know, all these patients who are upset at their doctors, you know, one thing most of them didn't do, they didn't tell the doctor that they're concerned about the safety of the vaccines. They mm -hmm. actually didn't look the doctor in the eye and say, do you think I should take one of these? And the doctor says, yes, I listen, I'm concerned about the safety of them. I don't think they're safe enough for me and give the doctor the feedback. Most of the patients say they don't trust their doctors, but they ran out of the office and they didn't take the corrective steps if doctors heard that all day long, I guarantee it would start to sink in. I've heard you discuss the psychology behind mass fear campaigns, and I was hoping we could talk about that for a few minutes. Do you think that the government seized on a pre-existing free-floating anxiety that modernity has created in order to develop basically um, universal compliance for anything? In the book by Peter Bregan, who's a psychiatrist, it's called COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. He outlines in the back of the book a timeline. And so for this pandemic, uh, there have been 36 pandemic preparedness planning events that started back in 2012. 25 of them uh, generated written documents and six of them were filmed. You can actually watch them. Event 201, which was done in 2019, again, before the pandemic, even the CDC director from China came over to the United States involved. So in the planning for this, the US and Chinese plan for this in the open, uh, they, in all these documents, uh, it's well described that the use of fear, that they plan to use fear 
to drive people to follow a false government narrative. And the, the fear elements were that it was untreatable. It never was going to be treated. There won't be any updates on treatment. There'll be no government promotion of treatment uh, in a multi-drug protocol as an outpatient. Won't be any government-driven advances in hospital treatment. And that uh, masking, lockdowns, losing jobs, uh, losing family, friends, churches shut down is going to amplify the anxiety. And all that anxiety is going to be funneled to one activity. And that is mass vaccination. How is the psychological impact of everything that's happened around vaccination and, uh, and about COVID um, and the isolation, especially, how has it affected the treatment and clinical outcomes of your patients that are dealing with COVID? I've treated hundreds and hundreds of patients. I'm really glad you brought it up because my heart is broken for our seniors. You know, what happened is, uh, you, you know, and young people like you and me get the virus. It's very mild. It's easy. It's honestly, it's no different than a common cold, but for a senior citizen, it can be pretty serious. And uh, there, what Americans were told is if, if their grandmother or grandfather or someone, a loved one in assisted living or skilled nursing got COVID, they couldn't see them. So now a senior citizen is trying to manage the medications, but in isolation. Mm -hmm. Then they were told that there were no treatments. So the doctors didn't give them any treatment. So you can imagine, let's say an 80-year-old person who lives by themselves, they have heart and lung disease, background cancer, diabetes, and they get COVID. And they sit there day by day, the family calling them, how are you doing? No medication, no help. And they progressively worsen. You can imagine how panicky these phone calls get day by day by day. And at some point in time, there is just sheer panic. And they toss in the towel and they said, I'm, I'm going to call 911 and go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. In fact, there were early reports, 911, even in the worst part of the pandemic, the vast majority of people brought to the hospital did not need the ventilator. They did. They were actually in pretty good shape. It was just panic. And so they're brought to the hospital. And then from there, they go into isolation. Now they're really never going to see their loved ones again. They've lost all their medical autonomy. They can't take their home medicines, even if they had treatment. Uh, they uh, have no one come in and see them. When they do come in, they're wearing you know hazmat suits and, and personal protective gear. And these hospitalizations were long. Many of them were four, five, six weeks, sometimes two months, three months. I mean, it couldn't be worse. So I can tell you for senior citizens, the fear and anxiety was through the roof. And, uh, and sadly, many of them thought they had no other opportunity than to take a vaccine. Now, now three years later into the pandemic, uh, there's a much different view. Our CDC reports today only 45% of nursing home residents are even taking any more shots. The vast majority mm -hmm. are not taking them. Right. Among nursing home workers, and that was the employment group where theoretically there could be a benefit if these actually worked. They're seeing all the safety side effects of these vaccines. Only 10% are taking any more. I can't coexist with people that wanted me dead, that were saying that I was trying to kill people because I wanted to um, have free movement in society during COVID. Um, like, how can I live amongst these people? And, and that's the, the mentality of the federal government, too, especially with this CDC, FDA quasi admission that this might cause ischemic stroke in, in people above 65. That's not really what I'm looking for. What I want is for people to come out and say, we bungled this terribly. We have lost the innumerable human lives through our own error. And if I hear that, then like maybe I'll be ready to make amends with these people. But I'm still really mad. 
mad. I'm still really mad. I mean, well, so, so how do you think we should deal with that? I mean, do you, am I just supposed to live amongst these people after what they've done? Well, I tell you, I, I think uh, this has really got you worked up. Uh, <laughs> you know, Emily Oster did publish in The Atlantic this idea of jumping to amnesty. And, you know, what I point out, listen, I'm an expert commentator. I've made as many public statements in the last three years than any public health official, probably more. And uh, on this situation, you know, our CDC has said that they've made large mistakes. They've mm -hmm. come out, so they haven't said what they are, but, but you know, we're ready for them, right? Because they've said they've made large mistakes. Uh, so when this happens, you know, there's like a four-step process. First is to recognize uh, that the wrongdoing has occurred. Uh, and then to, you know, the step is repentance. Uh, then the next step is, uh, you know, an attempt for forgiveness, that is to people who were wronged uh, to forgive. And then the last step is am amnesty. But it it's a four-step process. The first is admission and wrongdoing. And we have wrongdoing going on today. I mean, a great example of this is we have illegal promotion of the vaccines going on. Uh, you know, remember, no biopharmaceutical product can be promoted or advertised without giving the risks and the theoretical benefits. But you can't skip the risks. There is a, a really high degree of treachery from the federal government that, that can't be overlooked. Like 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 you said, why are they not admitting that any adverse events are happening from these when pe when young people are just dropping dead? Um, I never remember anything like this happening when I was growing up. I went to a high school with twenty five hundred people. If some young guy had dropped dead on the on the football field, it would have just swept through the town. People never would have stopped talking about it. And now it's just they're just acting like things like this are normal. Like like this is just norm a normal part of of uh, of a teenage life or something like that to have a friend die of of some heart related cardiac event. It's it's just insane. At what point are people going to look at the things that are going on in their lives and say, you know, this doesn't match up to my life experience um, uh, growing up? I, I just I don't feel like people are coming along quickly enough. And, and it's frustrating me. It's almost as if people are in a trance. Uh, and it's proposed that maybe there is this trance like state where people aren't thinking correctly. So I'm not sure that it's actually registering in people's minds. They're not acting like they actually realize what's happening to them. And the families can come out right away and reassure us and say, listen, they didn't take it and we're good. Uh, otherwise, what's going to happen is there's going to be a CDC record search. At some point in time, everyone's going to put two and two together and it's all going to come out. That is a great way to end this episode. And I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, what you're doing is so courageous and I wish more doctors would do it. Once again, this is Dr. Peter McCullough. Thank you so much for joining me. All of his information um, and the articles we mentioned are below. So I'm going to go ahead and end this broadcast. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks again to our guest, Dr. Peter McCullough. You can find the full hour interview with all the spiciest takes about the adverse effects of a certain injection of current relevance 
over on Blonde's channel linked in the description. Maybe you thought, hey, I thought there were going to be spicier topics discussed. Some of that was a deliberate choice to invite you to go find the spicier takes. Truly, truly. Before we went live, uh, this was a few days ago with Peter McCullough. He's like, listen, I don't think you should say the V word. I don't think you should. And I was like, oh, that V word. Yeah. 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 He's like, don't say vaccine. Don't say my name. I'm like, listen, if this is the interview that takes me down, I am happy to do it. We're not going to, we're just, we're going to say all the stuff. We're going to talk about everything. And it is still up. It's shadow banned, so it only has 12,000 views. So it cannot, all the circulation has to be organic. I really encourage you to like and to share. It's very important. I've done a lot of interviews. I've talked to a lot of people over the last seven years. This is the most important thing I have ever done. And yeah. I, I really want people to watch it. And I don't mean to dismiss the value of the other things that I opted to include in this particular segment, too, because I actually really appreciated what you guys had to say about courage to stand up. And it does seem like for all the years in academia and all the IQ points that are present in a room full of doctors, to his point, I thought the quote was excellent. There isn't a box to check for courage on an application to med school or to yep, get your licensure or anything like that. So I uh, agree, disagree. I, anybody who's willing to stand up for what he believes in within his profession, I have a lot of admiration for. So I'm glad that you yep. guys were able to have that conversation. And if you become friends, put in the good word for me, because you know we're always trying to find a doctor who isn't insane. So maybe <laughs> I can get some telehealth or something. He does do cardiology telehealth. Oh. So. Well, I don't know if but I'm going to get Commodio fine, so. Cordist anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, really. Anyway, uh, anything else you'd like to say about that before hoax hate? Nope. Just please head over to my channel and check it out, you guys. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice Pretty much in your neck of the woods, not far. Your state. Okay, Call. it's really far away from me. I think it's well, outside Boise. A day's drive. Yeah, it's suburban <laughs> Boise, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Caldwell, Idaho. A uh, Apparently a Hispanic... Oh, what's this doing? Sorry, the page is like refreshing on its own. Anyway, a Hispanic high school student wore a hoodie to class this week that said, Brown Pride. That student was asked to turn in... I assume his or maybe her hoodie turn that inside out because that brown pride message was deemed to violate the school's policy against gang affiliation saying brown pride is a, is a gang affiliate thing, I guess. Anyway, that prompted an entire brown pride protest at the uh, high school in Caldwell on Tuesday morning, which apparently happened without incident. But early Thursday morning graffiti was discovered at the high school. Many different pieces of graffiti in several different places, but one piece prominently by the entry, large, bold letters that said white power. This was uh, initially deemed a hate crime, at least speculatively, until police investigated and discovered it was actually rival Hispanic gangs tagging (laughs) their turf and trying to cover the tracks from investigators. 
Police say they're investigating what could be a hate crime at Caldwell High School. They say four vandals spray-painted graffiti on the outside of the school, including the words white power. A brown pride hoodie was the subject of controversy after a student at Caldwell High was asked to turn the hoodie inside out so the words didn't show. Students say the phrase is an expression of culture and heritage. The district says the phrase goes against school policy and violates dress code by being gang-affiliated. More than 50 students showed up for what they called a peaceful protest outside the school Tuesday morning. Two days later, these words, white power, were spray-painted on the side of the building, along with other symbols sprayed on windows and doors. Police say the incident is being investigated as a hate crime. A few moments later. They now say detectives believe the recent vandalism at the school was an act of intimidation between two rival Hispanic criminal street gangs. Detectives believe that the white power tagging was a diversion tactic used by the gang to avoid law enforcement detection. Of course it was. I knew that it was not white people because they used a combination of lower and uppercase. Ah, that has well, Hispanic written all over it. Usually that's done to mock people. Yeah. When you're writing on the internet. And you want to make it sound like white power. You want to yeah. make it sound like that. Yeah, you yeah. write in varying caps and lowercase. I didn't even notice Hilarious. that, but you're right. They're, they were right outside the cameras, too. They didn't even notice. If the if the brown pride protest decided to do a little brown power painting, uh, also not a story. I, I, this wouldn't even be on the news if they yeah. decided to get artsy with their brown pride. But OK, that one was solved pretty quickly, at least. Did you hear about this hockey player, this Russian hockey player who just would, would like not to wear gay pride stuff? And yeah. that was the crime of the sports world this week. And recall, it was similar last summer. There were several players of, of the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team. They created controversy because they didn't want to wear a rainbow pride patch in June on their jersey. This, of course, was Pride Month. Because, again, it's not enough simply to tolerate homosexuality. You must celebrate it publicly for all to see. Well, we now have another iteration of that story in hockey, which I have it on good authority is one of the least gay sports, but it's now <laughs> infiltrating. Yep. Florida Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov sparked outrage this week by refusing to wear a Pride Night jersey. I guess they call them sweaters in hockey. A Pride Night sweater which does sound very gay, unfortunately. Gay. Yeah. He cited his Russian Orthodox Christian faith. Provorov is obviously a Russian national. When he was asked by reporters why he won't wear a gay pride sweater, Provorov says um, he respects everybody, but uh, he chooses to stay true to his religion. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. You can your religion? Russian Orthodox. Wow, what yeah. controversy. <laughs> that is the, can we play that again? Damn. Was it just the sight of this man that uh, has you going or something? No, oh, he's like, fuck you. I'm a Russian Orthodox. Ah, so it was. It's it fine. Was, I'll Google him. I see. Ivan Provorov. Oh, his Were name's you, Ivan. Not a big Jeez. fan. That's, no, that's a strong this, Russian name. This is the sexiest dude I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well. I'm only nine years older than he is. His brief commentary there and his gesture of not wearing the thing that they want him to wear that enraged the inclusivity police who of course demanded that the inclusivity be enforced against anyone who doesn't totally conform because that's what inclusivity is all about. It's about using coercion to make sure everyone does the <laughs> right. exact same thing. Yep. 
that way you're included against your will by force, which is the best <laughs> way. That's the best kind of inclusion. So NHL Network uh, analyst EJ Hradek. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but that's how it goes with hockey. All the names are hard to say. He suddenly got very nativist and he said Provorov should go back to Russia and fight in the war against Ukraine. OK. And then Canadian sports analyst Sid Sashero. That's another stab at it. He said the NHL should fine the Flyers team a million dollars for offending everyone. Come on. And Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. The theme from the National Hockey League is hockey is for everyone. The theme is not hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless you don't believe in gay rights, then do whatever you want. I think you find the Flyers a million dollars for this. I'm not kidding. Figure this out and stop offending people on nights where it's not about that. It's supposed to be about inclusivity. Because what I heard last night was offensive and didn't make any sense. This is not good enough. Hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless, unless you don't agree with gay rights is not the phrasing of this. You're either in this or you're not. No, how inclusive. What a fag. <laughs> you're either in or you're out. Uh, if I'm out, how am I included? Shut up. I know, exactly. And I love how these people can see that if you have an inability to... Um integrate into a group or society and you're an outsider you should go home but only in this instance it's like okay now do mexicans bro or tell colin kaepernick to go back to africa uh try that uh, it's, is he going to endorse that position now i know he'd or say israel or like egypt uh, who knows I don't, well i guess Eastern? that is africa but you know whatever um <laughs> i get it though kaepernick was born in this country you'd say well provorov is is obviously born russian Okay, but let's say Provorov was born here and still didn't want to wear the gay pride thing. Does that going to is your nativist argument suddenly go away? I doubt it. I, I'm pretty sure you still want him to go over there, go away, leave. I know this is so lame. This is supposed to be the sport of ass kicking. Someone yeah. just said that guy deserves a wedgie. Exactly. The, go to that the sports the, caster or yeah. whatever, just major wedgie. I love the way your ears perk up, though. You know, if he doesn't like it here, he should just go back. <laughs> go home. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I see you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, the other criticism here is not just that, um, that Provorov didn't wear the pride pat or the pride sweater. It's that the NHL and the flyers team let Provorov play at all. They let him play on pride night, even though he didn't properly display the pride, they were supposed to ban him from the game. They were supposed to exclude him from the inclusion and they were supposed to punish him after the fact, but they're not doing that. The Flyers coach actually defended Provorov's right to believe what he wants and abstain from endorsing messages he doesn't. Head coach uh, John Tortorella said in a post-game press conference that Provorov is simply being true to his religion. The coach says he respects Provorov for being true to himself. Mm. So far, the Flyers team, neither the Flyers team nor the NHL have punished Provorov or anybody else. Hence why these progressive sports journalists are so mad. A man was allowed to refrain from endorsing their views. Uh, that can't stand, they say. So, but it looks like for the moment it will because even the NHL is like they issued a statement. They said um, the teams decide what they want to celebrate, when, how. Uh, players are free to decide which initiatives to support, and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. So, huh. for once, not caving, just saying, yeah, that's 
That's his opinion. He doesn't have to wear the stupid fruit jersey okay. if he doesn't want to. I'm surprised. So good for the NHL. Maybe you're right. Maybe I need to become a hockey fan because the 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 outsiders, the sports journalists tried to impose the gayness, but the league itself is not was like, no, yeah. doing that other than the Flyers team trying to push the event, I guess. But the Flyers have stood by their guy who said, you know what? That's fine. Just I'm not going to participate. I'm just I'm paid to play hockey. That's all I'm going to do. True. That's true. So good for Ivan Provorov. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. People appreciate it, too, because apparently you can't get his sweater, his jersey on both NHL shop and Fanatics. Provorov jerseys pretty much entirely sold out. Yeah, Um, I looked uh, this afternoon. They were basically unavailable. You could get women's ones, but men's ones you couldn't find or in very weird sizes. And then they were directing you to go get custom ones like the jerseys you can put any name on. Just make your own Provorov one, I guess. Anyway, good for him and uh, good for the NHL for not caving. I I appreciate that. Uh, Anything else before the movie review, which I am I've been anticipating this whole stream. Yeah, let's do it. All right. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 2014 Wes Anderson dramedy The Grand Budapest Hotel, in which a weirdo hotel concierge bangs an elderly woman only to become a suspect in her murder and eventually pass the entire hotel down to his lobby boy. From movie picker Ross, I've heard this film described as Swiss watch comedy, and I agree The humor in this film had to be perfectly choreographed. I think this was the movie that made everyone start to realize that Wes Anderson shoots everything perpendicular, like every scene is a little diorama. Many would say that the top Wes Anderson movie is the Royal Tenenbaums, but I say it's the Grand Budapest Hotel. As always, your review and your rating. Okay, so I should preface this by saying that I do not like Wes Anderson. Um, I hated Virgin Suicides. I don't like Rushmore. Uh, wait, was he Virgin Suicides actually? Or am I thinking I hated the Royal Tenenbaums? Mm. That's what it was. I'm not an expert um, in Wes Anderson, so I, I, I can um, Google for you. <laughs> I wasn't even a big fan of Life Aquatic. So I think that the reason I, I don't like Wes Anderson is that his cinematography is so recognizable and he adheres to it so religiously that I think it kind of edges out plot lines and character development that I would just be more interested in kind of in favor of these quirky stylistic choices. Like, I, like I don't, I don't hate Wes Anderson. I just don't think he's a great director. I don't think he's going to be remembered as this great director because I always remember like um, in Darjeeling limited, I, I remember like scenes and how they looked, but I never remember anything about the characters or the plot line. And that's the heart of film, right? The stylistic choices are a small part of film. Um, I wrote that this movie was like if a handlebar mustache was a movie. Yeah. Um, hold on, said, hold on. Female rim shot earned. Thank you. Yeah. Thank but, you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right. Carry on. I mean, I, I, I didn't hate this. I, I liked it. It was greater Wes Anderson. It wasn't the, the my least favorite Wes Anderson film. I thought it was cute but I just didn't think any of the characters were dynamic or interesting. And it was all about 
stylistic choices. And so I gave it a three out of five. What? I, I didn't hate it. I mean, no, Wes I just, Anderson, my, my prediction that you either love or hate was, uh, was foiled. Yeah. I mean, his art direction is, is fantastic, but it's kind of like he puts like his cinematography stamp on everything. He's like, I'm Wes Anderson. And then, and then a movie pops out of his ass. I think this is my first Wes Anderson exposure. And I've okay. already tipped that. I think most people might be inclined to have a an opinion on either side of the spectrum. What would you guess? What side of that spectrum am, am I on? I, I can't imagine you liked this. Hmm. I just, I was watching it and I was like, Skag is going to think that this is so pretentious and gay and lame. <laughs> Correct. Uh, ah, one of my, sometimes I'm wrong, but I not only one of the, my most hated movies for this segment, one of the worst movies I've ever seen huh. in my life. Okay. And uh, uh, I'll start with one. the things that I like okay. as always, which is a short list. It has moments of decent slapstick. You had the doorway finger chopping. You had the splattered dead cat. You had uh, uh, the hitman guy getting pushed off the cliff. There's some decent absurd physical comedy here, but it's not particularly clever. It's like, ha, that's an unusual form of violence. Okay. Moving on. It's not amazing comedy. It's just momentarily enjoyable. The one decent scene that I kind of enjoyed was the one with the balls to drop the, the Susan Bates slur, by which I mean the F word (laughs) slur against gay people. Yeah. Adrian Brody was funny. That was pretty funny when he shows up and it turns out that he's going to get the painting and he calls him an effing F word, but the, the, the old woman's son who Adrian Brody yeah. plays. Yeah. And then the slur gets a, a callback moments later. He's like, I thought you said I was an effing F word. Well, you are, but you're bisexual. And I, I thought that was okay. That was, that was clever. That was funny. Um, far as, as far as what I didn't like, just, Oh my God, who the hell cares? This is a totally yeah. uninteresting plot to me with totally uninteresting characters i'm not rooting for some weird grandma fucker and the kid that he's probably grooming and i don't care what inheritance he gets or not and there's no amount of fancy dress or bright decor in a hotel or some unusual camera work that's going to change that it's a story about nothing and a bad one the supposed comedy is not there's the there's these occasional chuckles that i mentioned but there's nothing memorable here and if you disagree without googling it and I know that a lot of people love this movie, so may, it's maybe some of you can disprove me. I just don't think that a lot of people who say this is some hilarious, well-scripted movie can name me a quote or just recite yeah. a quote off the top of your head that isn't like you are, but you're bisexual. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the one. I just don't think that there's much interesting in terms of of writing here or 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 a com- comedy. You and I were on a similar page because you made the line about the the what was it the handlebar mustache? Yeah. Okay. I wrote that that you need hipster decoder glasses to see the, the comedy in this movie. Some of the jokes I didn't even realize were jokes. Skinny jeans and a few hazy IPAs will also help you do the decoding. Uh, Did you I, write that? I'm con- Yeah, I put that in the review. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> That's funny. The supposedly serious themes, dead tired. Oh, wow. Nazis were mean to sexual deviants and other minorities. What a brave take. What yeah. an original topic. What an unexplored issue. Thank you for this. <sighs> Based on Gustav's behavior, I wrote in the review, he probably could have used a little more camp treatment, actually. We we shouldn't <laughs> feel sorry for him. It would have done him some good. I hated, 
as you can tell, I'm not a big fan of this story because I don't care. I don't consider the story compelling in any way. Yeah, but then you had to that. nest it in these unnecessary layers of complexity. You can't just tell me the story of the hotel. No, we have to go to an author's grave, then read a book, which goes to a flashback of the author remembering a conversation with an old man who then flashes back to his time as the lobby boy. And all of that adds what? Yeah, Jack shit. Nothing. There's yeah. nothing remotely interesting at it. None of those characters matter. There's no conflict there's no theme it's like ooh, look how complex i am the other line i wrote in here because my lines are so great unlike wes anderson's it's like marinating a steak in cat piss okay just because you add something obscure doesn't mean it's a good addition just stop yeah make yeah, something yeah. good don't don't be weird about it just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should for the love of god stop it with the aspect ratio it He's, was yeah nauseating. what are you doing yeah. Yeah, he, he alternates between like these standard ratios and widescreen. And I read about it. So supposedly this was for historical authenticity or something, because those Why were would the they aspect, give a crap about that. They said those were the aspect ratios of the decades presented. Oh, whatever. No, nobody is under any illusion that this is some documentary footage that you uncovered from like the 80s and then the 30s. Nope. Fill in the damn screen, dude. You're like the guy. You're like the guy recording an important public event with your phone in vertical orientation, except Wes Anderson exactly. gets paid millions yeah. of dollars to do it inexplicably. And I'm being unfair because I've seen one of his movies, but it sucked so bad that I hate him that much. That's why. Well, Lastly, this even kind of made me hate Jeff Goldblum, who I love as Dr. Ian Malcolm ugh. in Jurassic Park. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm losing my voice because I'm getting so worked up. As I previously discussed, I love Jeff Goldblum is Dr. Ian Malcolm. And then he shows up in this movie and he's just like Ian Malcolm with a goatee. He's Colonel Ian Malcolm. Like he's trying to sell fried chicken or something. He's the same character at the, when he's doing the will reading, he might as well be lecturing you about the, the ethics of Velociraptor bioengineering. That's true. It's yeah. the exact same character. And I know Jeff yeah. Goldblum has been doing that forever, but it's just when you have like something that's such a perfect performance in your head and you realize, oh, that was actually just you. That wasn't actually good acting. That's just you being yourself. Well, I love Ralph yeah. Fine, so this was disappointing. So I, uh, yeah, I gave it an enthusiastic one Five. wiki rating. No. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. And may God have mercy on your soul. And, and I'm, oh, I'm not just baffled that, that anybody could find enjoyment in this movie. It somehow holds a spot on the IMDb top 250 movies of all time, which we reference to pull in the wild card movies when we have to. It's currently ranked number 186. Nothing yeah. funny. Nothing thoughtful. People inexplicably love Wes Anderson. Shitty yeah. aspect ratios, brightly colored costumes, weird decor, and that's artsy or something. No, this movie sucks. Please yeah. bring back Blade okay. Runner. I beg of you. No, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> now, uh, let me refresh to see how much of you in the early vote love this movie. Presumably to troll me, but maybe because uh, a lot of you actually. No, uh, I am vindicated. Oh, really? Maybe what I people say? My, I, maybe I made my case convincingly. We don't have a ton of early votes, but 37% over a third, giving it a one. Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. My hatred is validated. Thank you. Uh, but after you. that, people are giving it four. The combined fours and fives are right at the same level. If you combine mm. the fours and fives, there's actually more people voting for fours. So you and were fives right about the, the love, the hate. Yeah, maybe. Thing, yeah. It just seems like that kind of movie. Uh, but I'm sure I'll get some emails explaining what I missed and how there's 
deep complexities that my feeble brain can't understand. You are, of course, as always, welcome to comment them and and email them. I don't say that dismissively. That's part of the fun of the bit. (laughs) Next week, of course, it was a one-week special vote for nominations from my lovely wife for the last Sunday in January. The Shining won. So uh, I've never seen The Shining, but I love Timberline Lodge. Well, that's the point. That's why we do the bit, so I can see these movies. Timberline Lodge is cool, but I don't think they filmed on the inside, just the outside, right? I, I think they remember. did. Yeah, they did film on the inside. Maybe they did. I don't know. I remember it, I've been to Timberline Lodge in Oregon many times at Mount Hood, and you go inside, and there's like, I think they have the, the hatchet or the axe or whatever it is. They've got shining memorabilia in the lobby, or at least they did that's the last awesome. time I was there. It was about a decade ago, but, but we will watch The Shining, and uh, then we have a refreshed list for Jan- uh, February. I'm already behind February from listener Swiftner movies for February include how to train your dragon, a knight's tale, top gun, enemy of the state, the fugitive, a bridge too far, the last samurai midway, the 2019 movie, or of course you can reject the list and vote in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am and how awesome Wes Anderson is. You can submit your own rating. You can vote for the next movie. You can sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. It's all uh, linked in my movie review column, linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. All right. Well, between like the stress of trying to be as fair as possible in the Crowder v. Daily Wire debacle yeah and I knowing how, how the much... audience is going to feel about that we had a lot of people in the comments railing on us but i just don't know what to make of the situation outside of i'm so glad that i don't have to deal with this shit in my yeah, own life the good news is if you hate what we said i don't necessarily think we're going to talk a bunch more about this i no i i, I never want to talk about this again i don't even think i'm going to watch them on tim pool i'm definitely going to watch that, internet though. blood sports where like people were just ferociously going out at, at one another like in a in a live stream like one live stream you know, I like all this back and forth video, back and forth videos. This has potential to get in that theme, I think. So I will fight to be, the death. I'll be tuning in to see if that happens. But I also know that at this point, um, well, no, not at this point. Crowder's had the last word there. Maybe there's some points of fact, like on the timeline and stuff that Crowder might dispute. Maybe there's some points of fact that we need some more illumination on. So I'll go into it with an open mind and I'll listen to what he has to say. But uh, but I've had this Grand Budapest Hotel hatred and rage built up within me this whole stream. And I feel relieved to finally release it. Yeah, I suppose Uh, that was weird phrasing. But uh, hey, it was really weird. Speaking of weird phrasing, let's get back to the chat. Um, Robin D. Banks. Matt and I wants record scratch. Time for a new meme. Ooh, here we go. We need to breach containment on the internet and invade the real world with our ideas. Will you help breed a breach containment anon? It will be fun. She also says breach containment by posting two-sided simple pictures showing irrefutable proof of fake news or media bias in public areas where people are sure to see them public only bonus points. If hard to remove, well, breach, so conta- breach containment by posting posters or stickers that create general havoc between the other side. Example, quote, one slam is right about women or oh, <laughs> one slam. <laughs> it came in as one <laughs> slam. I swear to God. Thank you for 
It literally came in as one space slam. Okay. I swear I'm not that dumb. Thank you. Islam is right about women or men and women are fundamentally biologically different. Does Robin have more? I need to refresh. I want to make sure I get all these. Our ideas need to breach the containment of the internet where they can ban you. Remember, there's no banning walls and lampposts. Let's do it together. Join in and start IRL shitposting today. I love it. That is great. I uh, I appreciate the uh, the thought here, or the support for the show, obviously, but the thought as well, Robin. This is very interesting, and I'm wondering. Um, <laughs> we love you. You're very special. How is one slam? <laughs> one slam. <laughs> I, speaking of creating new memes there you go robin you just did it <laughs> i wonder if there's a way that we could make a game of this now it's very difficult because the line with vandalism that can't be crossed can't we just sell stickers and it's not our fault what people do with them or like you're not going to get charged with vandalism for like taping a flyer on a thing you know, true. Uh, even if it's strictly speaking, not your property and you have, diff- but if you're talking about doing this in public, like you go, if you go walk downtown Seattle or whatever, how many flyers for every music show or whatever bullshit are on every street corner all the time? Yeah. It's no more vandalism than any of that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, this, uh, it's okay to be white thing. That was just, if we could get something going like that. Yeah. Robin, uh, I know you emailed me about this concept earlier, but I'm not sure I fully understand or understood exactly what you were saying. So now that I have a little more clarity, we get you Robin. Yeah. Email me. Maybe we can figure out, like maybe we can make a bit of this. Maybe we can encourage some IRL engagement in a fun way. I, I like the thought here. What the f- Dick. What? Oh, did I skip too far ahead? Oh, I, I just yeah. looked for, yeah, I skipped way ahead. Sorry. There's a guy after Robin, later who is named dick Z with a z like zebra zucker and so i had to be very careful i have to reload well now i totally lost work oh i okay. just reloaded okay um danny from montana yeah there we go wait wait no nope i lost my place ring has been acquired now i just need to find the perfect moment do you guys have any tips on Popping the question. Oh, that kind of ring. Congratulations. Also, check out The Last of Us. So far, it's really good. It's way better than the Trash Halo series. Get yo gains, cheers, and hail victory. Anyway, uh, congratulations, Danny. That, that's really great. Um, all the best to you and your soon-to-be fiancé, I'm sure. Don't do it and, in public. Uh, and if she's going to be surprised, that's a mistake. Every woman should know that her boyfriend's going to propose, hmm. you know? Like she's like, oh my God, I had no idea this was going to happen. Then your relationship is not in the right place for this. I would agree that it's not the thing I would do in public. However, I love YouTube videos of failed public proposals. Okay, come on. This They're is one great. of our audience members. I'm not saying you should do that, Danny. We want I'm her just... to say yes. <laughs> do something uh, that course. she'll and like. I... It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I can't even remember what my proposal was like. I'm sure you have already thought it through. And all the best with that uh Major development in your life, man. Congratulations. That's really cool. And I've heard good things about The Last of Us, but the, the second video game was so terrible, it's going to be hard for me to go back. But maybe I'll give oh, it a Oh, it's a try. video game thing? Because everybody's talking about it. It started as a video game. Now their HBO is making a TV show. Everybody's talking about the TV show, I thought. They are. But it, it comes from a video game. There were two oh, in the video game series. I was going to watch it. I'm not a video game person. Should I not even bother watching? Uh, well, I don't know how true it is to the video game series, but honestly, if it's not true to the second one, that's good because the second one is lesbian propaganda. 
The first is it one zombies. Yeah, it's a zombie apocalypse story. Okay. Um, the first one is great. The first one is one of the best game stories ever told, but the second one just went completely ridiculous. Hey, it's a zombie apocalypse. Want to smoke weed and have a lesbian orgy? Okay. Isn't it bad how everyone hates us for that? Yeah, total. Okay, great. Cool. I don't care. What? How? That's that's how that's how it went. Dildo Swaggins, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, Chris Gard says, I doubt it. And um, I did see. I doubt it. I think later there's a chat that came up uh, about the I doubt it trial. I totally forgot. The I doubt it trial starts tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So I need to keep right. an eye on that. Esoterica Unbound says Crowder started out like Amber Heard with a public I won't say who but story and then called uh, out with the the old uh, standby. I'm fighting for the little guys in the Fauci esque. I am the conservative movement. Yeah, uh, I would say that those criticisms are 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 fair. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I certainly share some of that. Esoterica Unbound also says it's fun watching the same folks who call everyone they don't like a grifter trying to rationalize his performance as being something other than a grift to launch the next iteration of the mugging club, which the mugging club. you're perfectly free to do. I mean, everyone's yes, you're in it for principles. You're also in it to take care of your family. That's one of the principles. Um, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't do this if we weren't making any money. Well, well if I we if, would do it, but it'd be lower effort if i had to choose between this and providing for my family i have to pick providing for my family but i have a passion for this that exists beyond just the money of course i'm tremendously grateful to make those make those things uh converge and Mm -hmm. and I, i that's why i appreciate the audience so much but uh yeah um i i i'll be curious to see how the big con email list ends up playing out danny also says just got back from miami had this, uh, oh man, <laughs> had a, an old lady Uber driver of color during the drive. And she goes, all this J word owned by the J's. See, look right there. They all have these, <laughs> they all wear certain headwear. Also, Blonde, your interview is amazing. Highly recommend. <laughs> wow. This is quite the Uber driver. You should, did you give her, did you give her a one star review and report her? rhetoric you know for hate speech max says blonde, Muslims, yeah. blonde the interview was great thanks for uh, having good questions well that's good i'm Thank glad you. people appreciated it you want to take over Bo with uh, Cephas, Bo matt and yeah. blonde the pale orc marcus the golden one fallen has released a video on instagram of punching a tree in half for his family as matt performed a feat of strength <laughs> for his family you know i like to think i have strengths of other sorts uh i'm not going to punch a tree in half but uh I'll do what I can in other ways. This is real. He punched a tree. How how thick is it's this tree? Buff, so like, what are we talking um, about? I don't know. I'll look. And, and we're, obviously, we're not talking one punch. I assume you mean like he repeatedly punched it until he wore it down sufficiently to fall over. That's what we're talking about. Maybe. I gotta. I gotta check it out. Bill, this whole Crowder versus Daily Wire situation has gotten hilarious for me. Two different factions of gatekeepers squabbling over who gets to be the real. Goy controlled opposite. (laughs) That's the safe version. Yeah. Right. I guess Uh, so. uh, John, I have to say this whole Crowder v. Daily Wire is just one rich guy whining about a richer guy and what he does to get that way. Neither group are acting like adults and helping the cause by infighting. I'm far more concerned with ATF's BS with the ATF's BS. Fed, 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 fed. Uh, Yeah, we're we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have big problems soon. Although I think it's gonna get struck down in court, but. 
I hope f- so. I hope you're right. Oh my god. The fact that they're sitting around making a, t- a contingency plan. All right. Like the meme guy rubbing their hands together. Who are we going to raid first? I'm sure it'll be applied evenly and not at all with particular rage toward their political yeah. enemies. I'm sure that's how it'll go. Uh, Kevlar. Crowder was right to be mad at the offer. He deserved much better, but laying a trap for a guy he called a friend made me lose respect for him. I think that was a line for a lot of people. And and uh, I, I'm not sure I was sold on the argument before that, but I could I could respect it. Um, yeah, it, the the recording of the friend to get him to expose him. I don't know, man. Uh, even if you think that that was justified, it, it does make it hard for me to envision a situation in which I would personally trust a person like that. Yeah. Um, I know it's not exactly the same, but imagine if one of us did that to the other. I mean, that would be a that would be such a an insane betrayal. Uh, one of us would be dead. One of us would murder the other is how that would end, I think. Um, Chubby said he's so crazy watching the sheep suckling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. suckling the distraction teat of controlled opposition daily wire lefty doxing Owens magically becoming rich conservative overnight being a mouthpiece should have opened all eyes to their duplicity. She didn't become rich overnight. You know, Candace, um, we all were super pissed about the troll trace thing she was doing and everything like that. But she has a, a hypnotizing screen presence. Just, she truly does. She like has this star quality and she's highly motivated. She does a fuck ton of work. She just had a baby and I follow her Instagram. She's waking up at 4am to like work out and then work and then watch her baby. And then like, she just has a lot of energy. She works really hard. I did not see the full uh, Tim pool episode. I saw several clips, but I'm told it was highly animated. So uh, it was, yeah. Booga Boogaloo. Uh, I just wanted to share. I proposed to the future Miss Ooga Booga last weekend. For some reason, I thought you were somebody else. Ooga Boogaloo. I'm sorry. Uh, congratulations. I'm happy to hear that. Make some babies. Um, All the best to you and your We love fiance. you. You're very special. Max says the chat bot has children's book authors on suicide. <laughs> it was pretty good, man. <laughs> it was pretty good. That's, I, that's why I was so impressed. I thought I got to give this some kind of bit on the show. Although maybe now we'll tempt people to inquire with chat AI to see what other creations they can come up with. Yep. Uh, do you want to take over? Yeah. Laurel says my son and I are in our new apartment back in New Hampshire. Boxes are everywhere. We're oh. exhausted from assembling furniture. The past few months have been rough. Your sanity safe space helps looking forward to better things in 2023. Well, all the best to you and your family as well, Laurel. I know it has been rough and uh, I, I hope and trust that this is the right decision for you and your family. Yep. And uh, of course uh, we appreciate your support for the show and, uh, and um, I, I, I actually, I, Laurel, are you taking a break from your stream or are you still doing it? Uh, but usually Laurel is live before we are uh, on Sundays. If people want to drop in there for a little pre-show information as well. Um, and uh, we appreciate it, Laurel. Thank you. All the best to you. JRC one says, seriously, Trump as president can declassify and Biden as vice president cannot. What's the debate? Yeah. But they're just saying there's no proof that that Trump yeah declassified well i guess if the legal standard is there has to be this specific paper trail but it's not necessarily clear that that is the legal standard perhaps that'll be that'll be uh clarified through this fight ruth kb thanks for supporting the show boogeyman also says i doubt it so everyone's uh 
preparing for tomorrow. I doubt it. Long Dung John says, I hereby decide that we call this Atlantan insurrection and uh, the Atlantan insurrection and Matt hold a candlelight vigil for it in Bozeman this time next year. What's the what's which it's what's the insurrection that I'm missing? Is he talking about January 6th? The Atlanta. Oh, oh, Atlanta. <laughs> you can see my brain is fried by all the topics. Oh, like, the, the, as in, in Atlanta, we, we, you know, the topic you discussed. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're right. Maybe we should next year. <laughs> of course, I'm doing a justice for Ashley Babbitt vigil next That's year, true. but maybe it will be Atlanta insurrection. You're right. Thank you. Uh, Copperhead says, blonde, have you considered going to a traditional Latin mass. It's a beautiful liturgy yeah. that has been watered down post Vatican II. Viva Cristo Rey. Uh, yes, I periodically do. Robin D. Banks. Thanks, Copperhead. Tortuga is right. We both stand behind Alec Baldwin. We should stand behind Alec Baldwin. Standing behind <laughs> Alec Baldwin is always a safe position. Some might say <laughs> it's the only safe the only position. Safe. <laughs> this is hey, what I was talking about. Thank you, Robin. Dick Z Zucker. as in zebra Zucker. Oh. Jen Blackie keeps claiming Biden takes classified documents seriously. At this point, it's probably more accurate to drop the last word. Also, Matt and I once made love and he claimed that classified information or he claimed that he left classified information somewhere. The FBI won't oh. be able to find it. Wow. Um, oh. Today I feel uh, gay. Yeah. The I had a friend who texted me today. When Biden and Jen, uh, Jen Blackie, Corrine Jean-Pierre said, we take classified documents seriously. They forgot the comma is what it was. Uh, we take classified documents, comma, seriously. We do. We take them. That's that's what they mean. <laughs> ha ha ha. Chubby uh, stubby. Good. Waiting for the view to claim Republicans seated live bullets in dummies to frame Alec Baldwin and link it all to Trump. <laughs> yeah, that would probably satisfy her need for a theory to explain this. Yeah, really. Logan Orr, I didn't know. Who to favor in the Crowder v. Daily Wire drama? Clearly, Crowder's right, and we've been warned about the Hitler <laughs> about the Shapiro's. Okay, I, I did an okay job with that one. Logan's tough. Logan, uh, Logan's right there with Phil, with tough to navigate. Just Thank comply, you. bigot. Love the show. My girlfriend and I light a fire in the living room fireplace and watch you guys every Sunday. Just wanted to toss you guys some support. Thanks. I don't know why I said it like that. Well, th I just assumed that a couple by the fire that like banging is on the table. It's right? like you were reading the jazz, uh, the, the, the poetry with the jazz uh, background. You want me to play some some jazz for you? you could read. No, it no. Again. I hate myself already. Uh, thunderstorm. <laughs> the gay community never asked who funded their LGBTQ group. Cute groups, even when their first parades were led by Namble. That is true. I didn't know that, but I will have to look up the history on that. Um, Phil, I'm no longer asking for a ban on gays buying children. I'm demanding it. I'm also asking for donations of rope and millstones. Some problems should be handled in an Old Testament way. I'll read that. I'll read it. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> um, Daniel Yeager. Remember, Brian Kemp was at Davos keeping his mouth shut instead of addressing these barbaric heathens. Was he there, too? I know, like, Pritzker was there and other local or state American officials. Why I'm are sure they in was. Davos talking about these global things? I don't know. Whatever. I guess I know the answer. I, I, the answer is because they're part of the club. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, Mojack420. As an adoptee that alone is a hard road to deal with, we have higher substance abuse issues and four times higher suicide rate. Now throw in gay pedophile adopting, make wood chippers great again. I saw yes. some 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, I mean, the, the adoption process should be stringent, um, but then not so stringent that these children are left in like abusive foster care environments. So I don't really know what to do here. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I saw interesting spirited Twitter debate, and I don't even mean like just shock value stuff. I mean, legitimately debate about whether the death penalty would be the appropriate punishment in this scenario. Now, it's not on the table. Um, but if there is such a thing, and again, I come at this from generally some, from a perspective of generally skeptical of the death penalty and that exercise of state power and force. We talked about even little kids though, man. Well, if there is a context in which you make the argument outside of killing a person or people, or maybe you even, you might even argue that in ways this is a more severe crime. Mm, No, I I thought it was interesting. Uh, Interesting cases made that uh, would probably be super chat friendly in terms of their spiciness. Yeah. Um, Hillbilly Deluxe. Okay, blonde, idle speculation and not a call to V. One sort of gets a long walk off a short pier with a cement flotation device. The other sort gets wood fire heating strapped to a pole. I like all of your very creative suggestions. Thank Uh, you, guys. Wait, are we going due process beforehand or not? Because that's really my distinction there's a video of his like seven-year-old son blowing him so i think due process doesn't i still i still i still need a bunch of i don't i need a bunch of jurors to see the snapchat video what if it's a bunch of homo loving jurors they're like well he's (laughs) just a minor attractive person yeah Yeah, really yeah well they're like oh i got that video in my grinder again the specifics of the story if you go look at i mean it, it is he's sending snapchats that say like i'm about to f my son yeah it couldn't be it more, was so terrible i wish i didn't read that affidavit more explicit in its imagery which of course is not included for obvious reasons but it couldn't be more explicit in its verbal description of what's happening yep. and this was sent over apps like snapchat as though no somebody's gonna report that eventually but they they felt so secure that they apparently didn't fear that, I guess. Brazen, right? Um, Hillbilly Deluxe. Sorry if not clear. The last comment is regarding Carpet Munchers v. Diggler's. Oh, oh thank, thank you. I thought it was um, each. I thought you were debating which punishment for each guy in the uh, Diddler, uh, the Diddler house. Thoughts and blogs. Crowder, fifty million is not enough. Daily Wire, fifty million dollars is enough. Matt and Blonde, you guys are getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but we have integrity we have principles yeah. you know for real though i'm i'm really happy with this situation. You know, here uh, i am no. here i am trying to uh i'll be i'll be uh talking to jeremy boring saying um this uh this show feet clause like how are we gonna <laughs> how are we gonna navigate that uh i'm prepared to actually make concessions i will show feet if uh yeah if you'll there's a sexual thing that i just don't understand you know <laughs> Like showing some of your so- your shoulder. Uh, Nakalangi yeah. Buck. Crowder's issues is that he's speaking about a movement. Daily Wire is speaking about a business. I'm with Crowder on this one. Um, yeah, but Crowder's also thinking about a business. I I I would be more open to that if if it can be shown that he decided that upon first offer. But as far as I understand, he went back and said, "Fuck the movement for thirty million. And but he also changed that clause on the demonetization, which is really the only outlandish thing. Maybe. Um, and per, again, perhaps maybe he'll add some more detail to that. Um, I just, I, I'm having trouble buying that it was pure principle when he did not, re, when he did not immediately reject everything on the principle alone. I guess. 
Like if, uh, you, if you view them as that unprincipled, it's like, why do I go back with any offer to try to join that club? But maybe that maybe I'm missing something again. I, I didn't, my opinion has changed since Wednesday. Maybe some information will come out that will change it again. Chemical 666. Listen to you guys in my last deployment ever. I retired this year and wanted to say thank you for being a Sandy safe space. Thank you for your service. And I'm really glad that this is your last deployment. Stay safe. Get home safe. Thank you. you take over? Uh, appreciate it. And all the best. Yeah, Carmen Nichols says, uh, I love you guys so much. I'm about 50 minutes late and I've jumped ahead to hear your thoughts about Crowder versus Daily Wire. Love them both, but I'm a little annoyed by Crowder. He he comes across as a big cat emoji. Oh, thank you for <laughs> being polite. A cat emoji. Now I Yeah, I mean I have to I have to agree that that some of these reactions seem emotionally driven to me. They yeah. seem uh not not necessarily driven by a particular logic, driven by uh, an emotional outrage to the circumstance or something. That's not to say that's always illegitimate, but I, I'm, I'm skeptical of the stated reasons. I think that, that a lot of reasons are being backfilled into what he's doing. They kind of strike me as convenient rather than, than principled. And I'm not sold as of now, but Hey, maybe he completely changes. Maybe ironically, he changes my mind. Um, we'll see. Uh, Otter's going to thank you, Carmen. Otter's going to regarding the daily wire, considering uh, consider that ad reads for top talent like Shapiro go for five to $8,000 per. It is without question that the daily wire makes 90% of their revenue on uh, from their ads, not platform ones. Demonetization penalties are just there for greed. Yeah, it could be. Um, and uh, again, Lauren Chen did a pretty good breakdown of, of what you would reasonably expect from a lot of these ad read revenues and whether Crowder is getting a good deal financially here or not. And I would encourage people to watch that. I'll, I'll be double clear that that none of this is like my impassioned defense of the contract itself. Just that I don't think the response to it was uh, particularly well done or um, just particularly kind or principled or any of those sorts of things in, in, in uh, the way it was handled. JVal90 says, I don't think that $50 million was low ball for D, uh, for Daily Wire to have Crowder. There is a ton of overlap between Mug Club and Daily Wire, and Daily Wire was never going to see those signups. People would see it as a discount. That's also entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the points that Boring made, and I don't know if it's accurate or not, uh, but he, he said he asked Crowder how many subscribers he had, and Crowder did not know and guessed that it was something in the neighborhood of 350,000. But to your point, how many of those are also Daily Wire Plus subscribers? I would not be surprised to learn I, if I was just guessing a number, I'd speculate potentially 50%. You think that's too high? Uh, no. It, it might just be a, a merger of money that's already there. And then what, what does the Daily Wire do? It's like, yeah, give us another 100 bucks a year for Crowder content. Or do you just yeah. keep it at 100 bucks a year because that's what it costs? Kind of uh. have to. You just have to merge that in. Uh, Fourth Watch says the conter- the conservative talk ordeal. Screw all the big con users, regardless of venue. No one is worth more than a reasonable figure. All should be do as you. Uh, five minutes at tops for sponsors, then listeners throw in at will. Well, that that would be called the Matt and Blonde Show model, and um, you know, uh, it's not without its flaws. It, some would say it lacks. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, dignity in certain in certain <laughs> respects but i i can't emphasize enough how if i have to bend the knee so to speak to anybody in this arrangement yeah i'm going to take my community and 
I'll happily engage with you guys, whether you agree, disagree, you think I've done a terrible job, you really want me to change X, Y, and Z. Maybe I'll agree, maybe I'll push back, but I would so much rather do that with people who actually enjoy the show than just some big rich guy who's like, who sees a business opportunity in what I do. Yeah. So I'll take that every single time and I appreciate you guys providing that opportunity. Damien McHugh says, my small contribution toward making sure sure you two don't have to beg Ben Shapiro for a job. Never. Never. Even if I were to bend that knee, there's no way I'm blinging. uh, I can't bring blonde in that arrangement. And uh, let's put it this way. I know too much. If I left you to join the daily wire and do my own thing. um, I'd burn your house down. Do you know how many ads I'm going to have to read? (laughs) It's going to be be a lot. I'm going to be in trouble. I'd be so mad. Robotech two, I think. Says, uh, Blonde, you're wearing your MLK native jogger attire a bit late. Is that blouse Tootsie or Hutu inspired? No, no. It was actually handmade by a white hippie. It's a meditation robe. So, so no, Hmm. this is not a black person thing. This is a white leftist thing. This is Blonde Dolezal. Yeah, I'm trying to do like an an updated sticks thing where I wear a robe, but it's kind of fancy. I love this name, Tardy. I always laughed in grade school you know your friends late for class john you're tardy yeah you know it obviously sounds like you're retarded but it's not it's a proper term (laughs) nicole arbor comes out with a video now slamming candace what a coincidence and that's she's a thing uh nicole arbor is still making material in fact nicole arbor and her that that's that that was my first viral video was defending nicole arbor oh um but i didn't see that but i do know this is an opportunity for a lot of people and that's another reason i I have, I, have, great. I have to talk about this because it's it is the topic in the community right now. But I hope that none of this comes off as like trying to join the dog pile for like the the please look at you know we have the best take. Uh, you have to come here to see us own Shapiro or own Crowder or try to scoop up all of those. Like I just want to analyze this honestly and and give my take on it. And that's why I want to be done talking about it because there is a lot of clout chasing too. And I should I should be fair. I shouldn't accuse Nicole Arbor of that without seeing the video. But when this sort of stuff happens, there's a lot of people just jumping in to try to scoop up their little piece of that particular drama. And that's why normally it is not, not my arena, but this is so close to us. I, I feel like we, if, if we this. said nothing, we'd be accused of, of being daily wire. <laughs> We're <laughs> captured daily wire interests. That's why we'll say nothing. That's true. Uh, Nathan Bolig says, I've been a mug club and daily wire member for years and never thought Crowder would fit at daily wire. Plenty of blame to go around here, but Crowder comes off much worse in my opinion, even before he taped the phone call. Yeah. It, uh, I would have been much more sympathetic without that move. I, I certainly agree with that. Yeah. I see all sides of this. Uh, J Val 90 says, Brittany Venti in the quarter and got banned for posting images from a public video. That's still live and fully monetized on YouTube. Eliza oh. Blue is lying and frankly looks unstable. I, who's I, who is that? She is, uh, I know the Twitter image. I know her. Okay. She's she's, her her Twitter account is Eliza blue, blue, like blue cheese, B L E U. And she claims, she says she's a human trafficking survivor advocate. And I've seen this account circulating, but I don't know anything about it. So she must've posted something that they posted screenshots of. She says it's private. They say it's not. And for that reason, they got banned. I'm guessing is the nature of this dispute though. I clearly know nothing. Uh, 
Patrick Todd, Matt, the dumpster fire, the dumpster defenders trial is finally happening tomorrow and Rakita's going to be covering it. Awesome. I got to tune into that too because I've been waiting for years. Not at it. I'm a psychopath. Town hall story. Hearing their jailhouse phone call sworn affidavits admitting to it would chipper the wall. That's it. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I suppose that is pretty compelling evidence. I will. uh, I will admit. Yep. Um, Wicked Masshole. Chat GPT. Am I retarded? Bias is an underrated danger. People won't know what they don't know and will be influenced by an entirely unaccountable group of people. This isn't only about left-wing claptrap, but also the reputation of anyone investing in chat GPT. Or investigating, he says. Oh, investigating. Yeah, you wonder, like, how will that be used to make definitive claims of fact in the future? Because I, I, in the interest of time, I just I scrapped the original question that listener John sent me, which was like, hey, what is this show? And the answer was like a paragraph saying this is a it had false claims of fact saying that we were affiliated with people we are not. It uh, said that this is an alt right hate show that you shouldn't listen to. This was not a fact. I just took that as a joke because it's like a stupid robot trying to describe me. So it's funny. But if stupid robots start becoming the arbiters of truth in the future, we're screwed. uh, Yeah, we're in trouble now. Susan already has a an army of stupid robots to decide what opinions you should have. So we're basically already there. But chat GPT is another uh, development. Mean Steve says Crowder is a lispy queer. Change my mind. Uh, yeah, that's a reference to um, he called. Uh, that's a uh, big game, man. Carlos Maza, a lispy queer. And that was why he got demonetized, right? Because of that dispute with the Vox guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mencha Nick, the, the, no, Mecha Nick, the Mecha Nick. Uh, I probably got that wrong. Oh, thank you for supporting the show. Uh, Jacob Smallman says, God bless those who seek truth. Even in times of trouble, Jesus is King. He is the light of this world. And those who keep this world in times of strife will be rewarded. Thank you to the beauty and the beta show. God bless. Well, thanks for supporting the show and for the callback. And I, and speaking of listener, John with the chat bot, he asked it about, Maybe maybe the bot was confused because he asked it about Beauty and the Beta. He did not ask it about the Matt and Blonde show. Right, right. So maybe we're no longer a hate show. And we are. Battle K says, is it just me or was Blonde swooning over this Peter? Where were yeah, your hands, young lady? It's time for he's us. He's strangely hot, I gotta say. Uh, which which one? What are we talking about? Are we talking My about the, with Dr. Peter McCullough. Oh, over this... Over this Peter. I thought that was a nickname for someone. My brain is fried. I don't remember Atlanta references. I don't remember what Peter was on the show. It's time for all of us to look through old online arguments about COVID and gloat our asses off. Uh, yeah, he seems like, uh, seems like a good dude. Yep. Fat hooligan. Blonde, just wanted to commend you for your top tier content. Your interview with Dr. McCullough was one of the most important discussions anyone could listen to at this time. Good work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Leviathan, no note, thank you. Carter says, if Crowder had a good faith interest in a deal, much of this could have been avoided if his agent agreed that the initial phone uh, to that initial phone call so Daily Wire could better understand what he wanted, as in video hosting only. Yeah, that's a pretty simple solution. Uh, Eric Burns Marsh says, Matt, recently the NHL said hockey is too white. So please don't become a fan. I remember we talked about that diversity officer lady saying, no, no, no. The only reason black chicks don't like hockey is because they've never seen it. So we <laughs> yeah. just put TVs with hockey on it in urban centers. If we put it at the weave shop, suddenly they will all love these Russian men with whom they have nothing in common. 
Now we'll see if the NHL is successful in their investment. Don Day 2K says, anyone dismayed by Matt's movie reviews? Last evening he gave two wikis to the crucifixion scene in chapter 19 of John's Gospel. If even St. <laughs> John the Apostle can't cut it, well, there you go. Uh, fact check, partially true. And if you want to hear, you can go back and listen to the Bible study podcast, which is available on the website like everything else. There's a Bible study page. Um, we did get to the crucifixion last night. And as someone who doesn't have a lot of exposure with biblical scripture, of course, we've been studying John's gospel since June. And I don't want it hurried. I want to know the full extent and context of the story. So it's not like I'm going to tell the Bible study leader, come on, get to the good part. Yep. But now that we finally are at the, you know, not the good part, but you know what I mean? The part that is famous. It's like, it's very brief and nondescriptive. It's like, all right. Yeah. And then he, uh, then he was crucified moving on. What? What? That, that was the point of this story. I thought, so I did not give it a two wiki review. I just, I, I was surprised by how not detailed that part of John's gospel is. And apparently that's something that's true in all the gospels. So I was surprised, but I did not rate it poorly. Thank you for uh, participating in the Bible study, by the way. Uh, internet guy says, oh, this says retire the movie segment. You don't get it. Well, I've, if I don't get it, everything's five. Uh, moving forward, they're all fives. Done. Thank you, that guy. <laughs> Knuckle Hunky Buck says, Robin D. Banks and I once breached containment. I gave her <laughs> one slam. She's She actually means one <laughs> slam this time. Uh, and then another, and then another. Thank you, uh, Knuckle. Look at that or, big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. Sorry, that was Knuckle Hunky Buck talking about Robin. I want to. Conf- I don't want to confuse who I thank here. That was Knuckle Hunky Buck talking about Robin. But of course, thanks to Robin too. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck also says, "Matt, and I once made love. It didn't lack dignity, but he did have to bend the knee." I, I walked into that one. You're right. <laughs> Hillbilly Deluxe says, "Blonde will never be the glass carrying water for." <laughs> Wait, apple- I don't see this one. Uh, apple juice. Apple juice. juice. Hillbilly, you're getting crafty like Logan and Phil. Buck, Star Chaser. This show is superior to its competition due to it, due to relying on its viewers for survival rather than its advertisers. Take my monetization. Well, I appreciate that very much. We would take all comers for advertisers. Oh, we advertise. No, but uh, it's true that I do have a different philosophy with that, too. It's a very minimal part of the show. And they're, they're people who actually listen to the show. And so I view it as. Not that, I mean, they're all mute. The whole point of advertising is supposed to be mutually beneficial, but I, to the extent that I do it, I want people who are a part of this community and aren't just here to try to chase the eyes and ears that we have, but actually believe in this community and this project. So I, I am uh, selective in that way. And I can tell you that those businesses are small businesses that your, your uh, support legitimately helps obviously your business helps anybody whether you go to walmart or whether you go to the small shop down the street but you know I'm, I, I can tell you when you when you buy when you buy hero soap when you buy a western razor now these are small businesses run by guys who listen to this show and i i guarantee you those sales make a difference in the bottom line that in turn affects their families so yeah. it you know it, i'm glad i'm glad it works out for everybody esoterica unbound says Daily Wire flipped the Virginia governor's race, sued to end the OSHA vax mandate, shut down child mutilation in at least two hospitals, and made the question, what is a woman a thing? Aren't they due just a little love? Yeah. I, I agree that there have, 
if 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 you want to give the best possible case to Boring's perspective, it's like, yeah, um, we are trying to maximize money. We are trying to maximize revenue. You could call that greedy if you want, but I'll counter by showing you all the things, all the things that we've done with that money that have made meaningful difference in this culture war. And for all you want to talk about the the principles of fighting the 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 war, the war takes resources. And I and and I I being if I'm speaking as Jeremy, uh, I believe that we got to maximize those resources to fight that war. And I'll show you X, Y, and Z as demonstration in terms of how we've done that effectively. Right. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with the, with the record. They've done a lot of good projects that few others are doing. If anybody else is doing, um, you know, again, not a contract I would sign, probably not the ad reads I would read, but, um, they've made a difference. And, and I think that is certainly worthy of acknowledgement. Even if uh, Blonde, well, Blonde's not going to thank Ben for that, but. I will know. not. <laughs> uh, let's see. Fractal Insights says Crowder should start selling uh, Dill Dows. Thank you for getting past Susan. Dill Dows, along with his uh, Ranger panties. You can't say any of that? Ranger pant ties. You can't say <laughs> Ranger panties? What are, does, he sells panties? I don't in know. In order to make up for that $50 million. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, okay. I think uh, I think we're all set, right? We are. Uh, we look good on D Live as well. Thank you guys if you're listening on D Live. Uh, I'm all set. Nothing else in the chat, so we will uh, call it a show. Unless you have anything else you'd like to say. No, good show. Thank you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. Appreciate uh, your chats. Appreciate your thoughts. Appreciate your jokes. Appreciate your super chats as well, and appreciate your putting up with what uh the attempted navigation of this community infighting i hope that's basically the extent of our involvement <laughs> but if if the past is any indicator we won't be involved with any of these people anytime soon so don't worry about it uh, if you'd like more to listen to there is additional material including blonde's full interview by the way linked on her channel linked uh on her channel in the description but if you'd like more there's a uh, audio podcast material as well you can find that linked in the description as well over on the website mattchristensenmedia.com speaking of you want to find anything show related mattchristensenmedia.com is where you do it even if you want to praise wes anderson we'll be back next sunday because if it's here. sunday sorry chuck todd it's not meet the press it is the matt and blonde show <laughs> Bye, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>